gonna get your booty grooving from conception to perfection. Never in between, we're messing it. Lot of shit goes into getting one film made. You'll be amazed what people do when they don't even get paid. The stew is boiling over, sticking a spoon and stir. With Ryan Matthew Tickler. It's more than a dime. Not a nice movies, baby. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another groundbreaking episode of 99 Cent Movies brought to you by Hometown Hero Productions. Why is it groundbreaking? Because uh, that's how you got to sell things. If you tell people something is great and you tell them it's groundbreaking and you tell them you got to plant the seed. It's all See, about planting, planting the seed. seed is not necessarily groundbreaking. I think what, we, what you want to say, it's ground saving. We're a green type of organization. We're, so, we're, so basically, nine, 99 cent movies saving lives. Not with the emissions I put out. <laughs> but uh, what, what the hell are we? We are a podcast uh, chronicling a movie that we made and are in, still making, post-production, called Butcher the Bakers. My name is Ryan Matthew Ziegler. I'm your host, and I'm an actor in the thing. And also, as always, I am joined by Tyler Am, the director, co-writer, co-producer, editor, and uh, actor. Two roles. Yep. Play two roles in this one. Oh, yeah, I do have two roles. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have a special guest today, but I'm not going to announce him quite yet. We're going to keep you guessing unless you recognize that voice from previous uh, Hometown Hero Productions films. He's been in every single one. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that pretty soon. But uh, first, any updates since uh, the last one? So the, oh, the last episode we talked through all of the movie, or the making of the movie, um, that was a nearly three-hour beast. That Yeah, the one that everybody out there has cl- clamored for. That Oh, yeah. I mean, it did have a lot of a lot of highs and lows and dramas. Um, trying to think, really, it's just been well. We cleaned the office. Now it's messy again. It's not messy. There's just lots of new shit down here. Yeah, um, it is sort of sad to see Nick's tables kind of cleaned up. There's no more weird little like fingers. I'll be honest. I'm ready for it to go because or... I think all the weird smells were emanating from it. <laughs> well, probably. And so all the ammonias and alcohols are out of here. But um. Uh, I mean, I've, I've looked at footage, I've started organizing it, but honestly, like, I, I, I was really excited when we finished, and I spent a lot of time cleaning the office, and I was like, alright, I'm gonna sit here, and I, and I started, like, librarying everything, and, you know, relabeling all the files to make sure that it'd be easier for me to distribute when I put it in the, um, uh, editing software, but then, about, I don't know, after, like, an hour, hour and a half of it, I'm like, God damn it, I'm tired. <laughs> and so then, I just, I, I haven't, t- I haven't touched it since. I've watched footage, you know, and I've, I've got a pretty good sense of you know, really, because we, we have reshoots to do in uh, roughly uh, five weeks now. Um, and I want to make sure that we get everything that we need. And there's a, there's only a few new surprises that I think that we should just re, just redo it, just be safe. Not like full scenes or anything. Yeah. It's just like inserts or, or just tiny little snippets. Um, but um, I don't know. That's really it. I'm just taking it easy. I Like this, this week, I kind of have a lazy week on the job. And then I go home and I sleep right away. And then this yeah. weekend, I don't really have any plans. I'm just going to. Let it be that way. Yeah, good. You deserve it. You got to recuperate a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, us actors weren't on set as much as uh, the crew was, though. I, I recuperated fairly quickly from yeah. from everything. And those guys, those guys are clamoring to come back. They just they oh, want, yeah. they want to stay on set. Oh and, yeah. And I mean, maybe while I was on set, I felt that way, but now I now I don't. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're caught up in the moment on set, but now that uh, you're home, you're like, yeah, this isn't too bad. Yeah. yeah no, it's, it's actually kind of nice. The schedule. I nice. laid in bed eating beef jerky last night, and it's like, I want to do this every night. What, so. uh, what, what kind of beef jerky? What brand? 
Um, I don't know. It was it was like the generic brand because I bought like a pound bag of it, and I wasn't uh, going to pay like sixteen bucks for it. I was like, this one's ten. And you know what? It was pretty darn good. You it know, was what? pretty good. And I love a big big beef jerky. I'm a big beef jerky. <laughs> yeah, <fan>. you are. <laughs> I'm a big beef. Um, which reminds me of Phantom of the Paradise. But anyways, that's that's how the brain works. You said yeah. something. I referenced some weird old movie. It's I all right. It. Um, but, yeah, I, one of my favorite movies of all time, Brian De Palma. Forget it. But, uh, yeah, the beef jerky at uh, the, the – uh, what is that gas station by the college? Um, uh, Loves. Okay, yeah. They've got, like, a beef jerky there um, that it's not, like, in a bag, but it's in packages. Yeah. It's it's some of the – it's, like, really authentic beef jerky. It's, uh, yeah. it's expensive because for, like, three pieces, it's, like, five bucks. When, but, we, when we were filming from Grace's room, we did that tiny bit up at the Dell's. Um, there's a there's a little beef jerky stand or mm. store nestled in there, and I think between me and a couple other people, we probably spent like several hundred dollars in there, ah, and delicious. I ate most of that before I got home. <laughs> like I th- I think it's I spent road food, you know, yeah. you take it on the road and you're you're safe no matter what. Yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. So, but anyways, yeah, not 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 really too much to update. I mean, like we we have a reshoot scheduled. Uh, the newspaper got back to me today. There uh, the article they did uh, is coming out tomorrow. Oh, awesome! Hopefully, it's good. Uh, I I, t- <laughs> I told him the uh, I, t- I told him the um, broken microphone story because he was he was at the the, the nice guy, young guy. I think he's kind of new at the times. Um, f- went to school with Zach actually, our oh. director of photography, and he that, that's great. He asked me. He's like, you know, do the do these people get paid? How like how dedicated are they? And I'm like, they don't get paid, and they're incredibly dedicated. Yeah. So I told him the broken microphone story and all that stuff, and oh, so he yeah. said, you know, I, I want you to know that I'm I'm going to put that I put that in the in the story. I think the it, the readers will will really understand how much time and effort and you know money you guys put into this. Absolutely. And so I I I, I feel a little anxious about it because. It's like I don't want it to look like a cry for help where it's the director's telling a story about how uh, he, he he spent so much money on his movie that he literally couldn't afford his car insurance. Well, you know what? That's a, But I think that's an awesome story. That I is, appreciate that. That's a story about filmmaking. I mean, that's the stories you hear about, like Kevin yeah. Smith. That's the, <coughs> And that is the dedication. That's the difference between men and the boys. That's the difference between people going out and doing something like this and the people who don't do anything. Well, yeah. And that's you know, it's, it's all about the commitment. Whether, you yeah. know, I mean, these, like Zach – from the first movie, he's yeah. been you know he's been with it and hungry and man he just yeah. worked his ass off. He yes, did. He did. Yes, it's he amazing. Did. Yeah, and they're good guys. No, they're you know, not, not you know not a not a, a selfish you know you always hear the oh the millennials this and you know they're always self not a, not a one in the group. Yeah, no, not a one in the group. This this movie we really had a great team. I mean they were I agree. super dedicated, super passionate, and I mean I mean Alex was singing praises even though. The first night we had Alex, it was actually the first night we were shooting. We got off to a rough start, yeah. you know, and it was like it was it wasn't an easy night for Alex. Uh, actually, I think we I think we brought that up on the when we kind of yeah, walked through yeah, the whole production. That, yeah. But I mean, he could say he could say yeah. way more. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that question. But uh, all right, well, well, then, we'll introduce him. Uh, yeah, we have Alex. Uh, we have Alex Dittmer. He is uh, a hometown hero alum. Um, he is one of the few people um, that have worked on all three movies, and uh, especially as an actor, you've had. Significant roles, not just like in the background. Right. Significant roles in all three movies, playing three different characters. Correct. And I think is he maybe the is he the only actor that's played three different characters in all three movies? Um, I mean, for the most part, I mean, like, I mean, like, I, I you know, I had that little tiny bit, but it, you know, I wouldn't really count that as anything. You know, I think Alex is like it. it, it Alex is a face you'll remember. Yeah. <laughs> and then we we try and get him to change his face every time. Um, yeah. Usually it, it, it revolves around his facial hair is what we actually yeah, get to yeah, change. Yeah, facial hair and accents. Voice. Right, yeah. Voice, yeah. Well, I mean, is because he, he's playing three He's played three different characters. Ever. Like we have Dan Churney who's also played 
in, in the, the Reverend, movie three right. Yeah, he's but he's the, the same, same character. character, yeah. So, so um, no, I mean, Alex will probably be in every single movie yeah. we ever make, and he'll he'll just have to be. What is that? Uh, different every time. Different every time. Yeah, there's a chameleon. Time. Yeah, I'm trying to think <laughs> the actor that pops up in, uh, in directors every movie in some role uh, or another. Uh, I can't think of the actor now, but he's a character actor. He's in a lot of stuff, but every time this filmmaker makes a movie, he's got some sort of role. Right. Oh, well, right. any Ron Howard. I'm the Clint Howard. Yeah. Right. Right. That's that's what we should put on the posters. And right. also starring Alex Dittmer, the the Clint Howard <laughs> of hometown hero. <laughs> <laughs> I, I prefer to Steve Buscemi. Uh, well, you know, the Cohen brothers. Yeah, kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So. All right, but like I said, Alex Dimmer is here, and um, we're just going to uh, go through a long journey, and travel through your life, and find out about you, and find out about your acting. And okay, so uh, were were you born in the Illinois Valley? Originally, I was. Or? I was born in Mars. Uh, no, actually, I was born in Evanston, Illinois. My okay, family was originally out of Chicago, but we have. Uh, I was the sixth child, uh, and then we moved out to the country um, to Marseilles, rural Marseilles, and uh, we had. Well, Reuben was born, my younger brother Reuben, he was born in Evanston as well. Uh, we lived in the Rogers Park area. And oh, okay. then we moved out to Marseilles where my youngest brother, Tony, was born. And that's where we've been ever since. And then uh, my, I have older brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and so I watched them do high school plays and stuff like that. And in kindergarten we did at Grand Ridge Grade School. Go Mohawks, even though it's politically incorrect. Joe um, Buckley is also from Grand Ridge. Well, you know, want to know something. Mm-hmm. Tyler's mom... Taught my youngest brother at what? Grand Ridge. Wow. Mm-hmm. The connections. Years ago. Years the ago. threads and the roots that run so, through Hometown Hero. Are deep. Exactly. They are deep. Speaking but, of deep, Joe Buckley just walked hey, in. Hey, Joe Buck. Mm, hello. Hello. How are you? You're looking fit. I can tell oh, by his face and his hair he hasn't been awake very long. No. Yeah. no, no, no For the no. record, it's like 530 yeah. right. in the afternoon. I took a tiny nap and I woke up at like whenever Tyler called me at like four forty-five. No, you. I messaged you and you responded at like one o'clock no, saying th- that you'd be there. I took a tiny nap. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A tiny nap for Joe is like a day. Yeah. They call uh, that hibernation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Just a tiny three-hour nap. Oh, three-hour. Wow. Three-hour. Nice. Yeah. But um, so yeah, so I grew up out in the country. I always watched my brothers and sisters doing plays, and I've always been interested in acting. Did it in high school. I went to Marquette for a few years, and then Ottawa my senior year. And um, Tyler's dad was the music director for a play uh, we did. Ev Lunning was the director. We did Grease. Oh, okay. I was Danny Zuko. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yes. I was young, thin, had hair. Um, <laughs> and then um, went to the military. Did a play in the military, actually. Yeah. I did a play in Korea. I was Scrooge in Christmas Carol. Oh man, yeah. I, I don't want to interrupt, but I but. I'm not one of these guys that has like a burning passion to play already existing characters. Like, you know, right. you talk to the people that are in theater, like, oh, I'd love to play, you know, right. this character. This. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any of those. I just want to play good parts. I can't think of any play, any character that already exists that I would love to play with the exception of Scrooge. So was, I'm obsessed with the Christmas carols. For it was real. fun. It was yeah. really That's fun. Awesome. I mean, you know, we were 12 miles from the demilitarized zone, so there weren't a lot of. You know, people that they could choose from. That would be so uh, much fun. And then I got out, uh, went to Ivy for a little bit. Um, Southern Illinois recruited me, SIU, and they said, oh, we saw you in this show. Um, We'd like you to come down there. So I went down there, went to school, dropped out because I got married, got divorced, went back to school, finished my undergrad, got my master's in acting. Um, At final year of grad school, we had a showcase in New York City, and I wound up getting a lot of nibbles from different nice. um, casting agents and uh, 
and just plain old agents. And so um, uh, I had a contract to fill in Nashville after graduation outside of Nashville for nine months. And then I moved to New York and was out there for four and a half years. Um, worked, uh, did one episode of 30 Rock, which really? was... Really? Yeah, I had a... What? Yeah, I know. I had a five and under line, uh, because I'm not a... I'm a union stage actor, which uh -huh. is Actors' Equity, but I am not SAG-AFTRA, so... Okay. Uh, like five and unders are basically. What episode was it? You know, honestly, I can't even remember the name of it. Oh, because scour. here's what. No, Do you remember what it was about? Thirty Rock. I can tell you what my line was. I was talking to Chris <laughs> Rock, and I told him, or not Chris Rock, um, uh, uh, Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan, and I told him he was funnier in the last episode, uh, in the last show. What happened? And he, he turns to uh, Tina Fey and says something to her, and I just walk up because they have the Tracy Morgan show. You know, that's the premise. Yeah. And yeah. so I was in the audience, and as the audience leaves. We, uh, that was my thing to say something to him. I was all excited. And I'm telling everybody, oh, you guys got to see me. I got, uh, got to see Tracy Morgan. This is awesome. Everybody, you know, all my relatives are like, all right, way to go. Way to go. Represent, represent. Okay, episode comes on. All my lines got cut. All you see ah. is me sitting in the uh, audience. Oh, no. It was okay. I, I, I got to go before the extras on the buffet table, which was nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> you, got the, you got the experience. You put on oh, your yeah. resume. Yeah. Sure. And so it was, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. Um, but I, I mainly, I did one off-Broadway, a couple off-Broadways, actually, Pearl Theater. Um, did my, I think the highlight of, for me, the one thing I did that is always going to be, be my highlight in life is that I actually got to perform at the Apollo Theater in Harlem. Wow. Yeah, and so cool. uh, it was in conjunction with the um, uh, with Melvin Van Peebles. He, in 1972, did a movie called Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. Yeah, buddy. And it, was a it was the start of the black exploitation it, film. Well, yeah, movement. it was, absolutely. Yeah. And so he, yeah. he and I, I, I mean, I still use him as a reference. That's cool um, as hell. I have his number. We, we talk whenever I see him. Um, like if he comes to Chicago, I, I, you know, he lets me know when we hang. Because he gets awards for independent mm -hmm. spirit, oh, award, yeah. lifetime achievement. Oh yeah, he's, he, he's yeah. a oh, legend. He, is, in, he really in, is, especially in independent film. It's, it's crazy because movie. I've never been around somebody who has, who is that famous. Yeah. You know, we we were rehearsing, uh, uh, up in Harlem, and as we would leave, I, um, for the rehearsals, there was me and another fella on the guy played piano, I played guitar, and I was also in the show. Well, the piano got um, removed because it had to be tuned, and it was so bad they had to remove it. So our piano player was just kind of standing around. I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I can hear music well. I, so I picked up all the songs from the soundtrack, and, and Melvin would sing them, and I would play them on my guitar, and then I would have to teach them to the piano player, who was classically trained and didn't pick up improv mm -hmm. as, as well. And so um, I, I kind of did the music there, but I would walk back with Melvin on the subway, and it was the most amazing thing because I'd never, like I said, I'd never dealt with anybody who was, yeah, I, I mean, extremely iconic. And um, as we're walking, people would come by and, I mean, like kiss his hand and mm -hmm. hug him and, and, <laughs> and stuff. And people were, I remember us walking and somebody said, Melvin, can I please get a picture with you? And he said, I can't right now. We're walking. I said, no, Melvin, we got it. And he hits me. He hit, yeah. he hits me on the back. He's like, get your fucking ass moving. <laughs> I said, Melvin, what's wrong? He says, if I stop for every person who wants a picture, I'm never going to get home. No. Mm -hmm. He says, I, 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 we got to keep going. He says, I'm not trying to be a jerk. He says, but this is how it's got to oh, yeah, be. Oh, yeah, especially. Says, oh, okay. You know, yeah. never, never thought about it like yeah. that. Yeah. But he, it, the thing I loved is I grew up, 
my father was German and my mother's Mexican. And so he was, my dad was always really kind of a disciplinarian, but not mean, just mm-hmm. we had rules. Yeah. And the thing, that's what I loved about Melvin was he would rip you into an asshole if you messed up on stage. Oh. But if you did well, he would compliment you as well. And people yeah. love to get his compliments. Yeah, of course. But they didn't like when he yelled. I was like, that's fair. Yeah. If I'm fucking up, you tell me. It's your show. You wrote this thing. This is something that people are looking at. I mean, it was, the movie was so important. It was required watching by the Black Panther Party in the 70s. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, like, was, I mean that movie's not to be uh, Sweet Sweet Back's Badass Song. It's not a movie. I know a lot of people may not know the title, but that is an important movie when you talk about 70s and oh, yeah. the decade that it was in the black exploitation movement. I mean, it that was a movie it. that it started that movement. Off right. that, if it know. wasn't for that movie, there'd be no shaft. There'd no. be, you know, no dolomites. Right. More exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, but it was, it, you know, so that was probably my highlight. Highlight. We, we did it at the Apollo. Then we redid it again in, at, at the brick theater in Brooklyn. And then we took that to Paris as well. So wow. I got to see Paris on um, somebody else's dime. That's cool. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That's, so that's, that, dream, that's you know, and yeah, it was, it was, you know, and, so I, I've had, you know, I've worked all up and down the East Coast, um, worked with some pretty, some pretty good people. One of my other favorite people I've worked with, uh, they're all old people who are my favorites, was uh, an old, uh, elderly woman named uh, Julie Harris. Julie Harris was James Dean's girlfriend in East of Eden. Okay, I was going to say that, yeah. the Julie Harris. The, yeah, the yeah, Julie yeah, Harris, I know who you're talking yeah, about. presidential award winner. Wow. She's, yeah, so she and I became friends. We did a show uh, in Cape Cod. She used to live up in Cape Cod. In East, East Chatham, and I was in Chatham when we were doing a show, and she had um, was working through rehabilitation from a heart attack or from a stroke rather, and we did a the play called The Man Who Came to Dinner. Mm-hmm. That's a big long show, three mm-hmm. acts, and her characters came on right in the beginning. She was one of these two old ladies who come on in the beginning, and doesn't come on to curtain call. My character was a character named Banjo who was taken after Harpo Marx, and he comes on right at the end. So we had you know, two and a half hours of just chit-chat. Yeah. And so we got to know each other. She sent me books. She sent me cards. When I went back to grad school, she was, you know, because it was in between my first and second year of grad school. When I was my second year in grad school, she sent me cards, you know, just all these really nice, uh, inspiring yeah. kind of things. And this is a woman, five-time Tony, oh, Tony yeah, I mean, Award yeah, winner. She's, you know, she's just, very she's, well right. cemented in, right. in the pantheon of pop culture exactly. and film and acting. Yeah. She doesn't have to be kind. <laughs> she, she's earned her right to be a snob, but she was not. So, yeah. But yeah, those were some of the, probably the two most uh, enjoyable memories I have of yeah. people who I've worked with. And that's and what's funny is that through, through Alex, Butcher the Baker, is in River City Panic in Grace's room, uh, has a connection to Jaws the Revenge because Melvin Van Peebles is in that because his son is the, one of the leads. Yeah, Mario. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm a big Mario Van Peebles fan. Because oh, of so am I. Matter of fact, uh, New Jack City, which he directed and had a small role in mm-hmm. when I was in fifth grade, I had to write, or maybe it was sixth grade, I we had to write, uh, um, what are those, those uh, persuasive paragraphs right, or essays. Right, right, right. And we could pick on whatever we wanted. Well, I never really had uh, any restrictions on what I could watch as a kid. So in fifth, sixth grade, I was like, yeah, New Jack City. It's on HBO all the time. I love wow. the movie. So my persuasive paragraph right. at like 11 years old was like, why everyone should love New Jack City. And so here we are today. <laughs> right. I have a very tenuous connection now to New Jack City. You know, acted with the man who acted with the father uh, of the man who directed New Jack City. I'm so happy for you. I'm excited, man. <laughs> you, know, you know my film geek ass. No, I, I, I love this shit. This yeah. does mean a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun when you, when you break oh, it yeah. down like that. Uh, you know, yeah, it's yeah. cool. And I still have a ton of people in the business. I uh, One of my friends is the producer of Rogue One. 
the new Star really? Wars film. Really? Yeah, I didn't ever show you that picture. Yeah, oh no, I, I, I think I remember Facebooking him after chatting with Alex. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, fa- I faced uh, his name is John Stein. He's a buddy of mine from. He was an undergrad when I was in grad school. Um, he's doing that. I mean, I got That's so cool. many friends still do, yeah. doing. I mean, all my friends are still doing great stuff, and even if they're not, they're still pretty much great people. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. And they're probably all going to watch Butcher the Bakers. Because <laughs> you'll probably say, hey, man, watch Butcher the Bakers. Right, right. <laughs> We're still trying. Always hustling, right? <laughs> right no, no. Every actor knows you got to hustle. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and that's my least favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem with it, uh, usually, but. But I'm still, not real bashful. Nah, so, I'm like, yeah. Uh-uh. You know, worst thing they can say is no. Right, I've been jerk, told no before. Look here. at his like, face. Yeah. I've been told no many times. <laughs> you know, uh, Joe, I mean, Joe Buckley right there. Joe Buckley doesn't even know there is a word called yes. <laughs> right, right. There's one called later, perhaps. Or maybe. <laughs> Joe, you don't have you don't have to stand up every time you want to talk. You can stay seated. Well, I like the mic, you know. I know it picks up sound, but you want to get. My you you see that the right the, the amazing thing is that anytime we take him in public, we have to ask him to stop screaming. And here, he has to get up and be all quiet, and tiptoe yeah. towards the microphone yeah. and whisper into it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know how radio goes, like podcasting. Yeah. You're very well versed. You are. You're well versed, like Joe. A technical whiz with an emphasis on the whiz. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of like a wizard, but that's just a term that for like 30-year-old virgins on the internet. You're definitely a wizard. Yeah, Thank you. You. You, you. you were an early wizard because you're only 21, but I can already guarantee that you will be. Right, right. Yeah, I'm going to earn my <laughs> Call me a soothsayer, but I can see your future. Yeah. I'm going to go I'm gonna go a decade even more. Right. I'm out on a limb here, but I'm thinking. Well, that's all right, Joe. Purity has its place. Yeah. yeah. You spend a lot less money on creams and powders. Oh, yeah, yeah. Powders. ointments and, like, lube. Well, I mean medicine, but that's cool, too. Oh, oh. I was thinking the other way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like oil? Yeah, yeah, like oil. 10W30 and like or? Vacation and, like, uh, dragon dildos. All right, sit down, Joe. I'm enough with the dragon dildo. Sick of you bringing that damn thing up. He's obsessed with the dragon dildo. What know. is... I, so you can save it for your segment. You get a whole yeah, segment, Joe. Wait, wait for past Sit the down. Buck. Wait for past the buck. <laughs> God. Yeah. Wow. Now I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Oh, you uh, haven't even gone through past the buck wow. yet. Wow. Yeah. No. It's not a nightmare when he's actually in your bedroom with you at night. <laughs> right, right. It's like a waking nightmare. Yeah. Right, right. It's, like, it's a reality. It's hell on earth. Yeah. Right. Like, he, likes to, you... he likes to walk around asking people, Do you, you don't happen to have sleep paralysis, do you? And all the people say yes, he writes their name down. <laughs> Joe, you frighten me. In a good way. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm basically like a Freddy Krueger, except instead of knives, I just have long fingers. Yeah. And oh, oh, Freddy's oh. knives are probably cleaner than his yeah. fingers. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Well, your skin is much cleaner oh, than his. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you don't wear a hat or no, a funny, no, no, funny no. sweater. That would mess up my hair. I have my comb. Well, it, your hair looks well quaffed. Yeah, he, no, he carries a comb with him all the time. There it is. Okay, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, thank you. Yeah, I know. I mean, your hair, not the comb. The comb. Oh, is... oh, well, it's a very nice comb. Oh, it is. Yeah. is it's genuine plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Pink. It's an import. Yeah. Right. Probably got from out China. Of, I think you got it out of a frosted flakes box. Wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> or maybe that's just what ends up on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that was good. That was good. Uh, that's enough for now, Joe. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Uh, so, um, what are some of the? Uh, you mentioned Melvin Van Peebles. What are some of the other uh, favorite roles or projects that you've been involved with over your long career? Um, one of my favorite script writers or playwrights is uh, Stephen Adler Gurgis. I love his stuff. Mm-hmm. I just got to see a show of his up at Steppenwolf um, between Crazy and um, I can't even remember the last name of the road. Um, but it, it's it's an, he's an amazing playwright. I, I in grad school I did um, 
a show called Our Lady of 121st Street. Mm-hmm. And everything he does on the surface is, is fine. You know, it, it's, it's entertaining. But it, from an acting point of view, um, the characters are just so fucking deep. Yeah. And as an actor, I, that's what I, you know, that's why I try never to do the same character in, in any of the movies just because, uh, you know, I, I don't get to do this as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I moved back after, from New York after my father got sick and, and I, you know, I'm a big firm believer that family is most important. Mm-hmm. And, and so now I take care of my, my mother. Um, and, uh, so I don't get a chance very often to do this. And so I, when, the, when Tyler gave me the script, I was like, well, here's how I see him. What do you guys think? I see him like this with this accent and doing this. And yeah. what do you think? And so I, you know, I, I don't want to overstep my boundaries. And I think the first time we ever met, that's kind of what I told you. It's like, look, you know, I, 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 I can I can easily get on a roll about mm-hmm. acting and things yeah. like that. But I, I you know, um, I, I know that it's not my project. And exactly. So I exactly. never want to infringe. It's, well, actors always have, they walk that fine line and probably other aspects of film production and plays, but you walk that fine line between bringing your craft or, or being an artist or, you know, doing what you do and how you see the character and, and living, you know, unlike a musician, unlike somebody else, we don't, our tool is our, ourselves, right? right. We, we don't have a guitar. We don't have a, so it's like using ourselves to best um, translate this character. But at the same time, and you have ways that you want to do it, but at the same time, there's a director right. um, or, or a writer, you know, in, in, play, in plays and writer seems to be the most important, but. Or you have them working together, and it's that—that's a fine line between doing what you think and bringing what you are capable of to the role, but at the same time fulfilling the vision right. of the director and the creative right. process. Honoring so, their, yeah, yeah, that's what makes it extremely collaborative. And and you know, you, you want to—I want to honor the script, mm-hmm. that, you know, that you and Jenna had re- wrote, and and make sure that the characters you guys think are, you know, that we're sharing the same vision, um, and and so that's. You know, that's what I like to yeah. do, and that's why Stephen Adler Gurgis, the name of the play in Steppenwolf, was uh, between Crazy and Riverside. Okay. Um, but it's a great, it, he's just a great playwright. You know, he's, he's, he's deep, and, and from an acting point of view, one of the things I always said about stage acting that I don't like is curtain calls. Yeah. I hated curtain calls. Some people because, put more work into the curtain. Some directors right. put more effort in that fucking curtain call. Some actors are. are than just, the play itself. I, I worked with a guy. And this oh, is my I hate life. That. There was a guy who worked with, and uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. I think we're still friends on Facebook. But he, we <laughs> he worked with in Cincinnati, and they were doing a five person show. And it was pretty much of an uh, ensemble piece, you know? But he was more of the lead out of the ensemble. And so everybody took a group bow. That was their curtain call. Except this guy. After they bowed, he um, would you, you just kind of like be the slowest mover uh, of the group as, the light, as they would bow and people would clap and everybody would exit the stage. He would kind of like linger. And just give like a wave oh, to the audience to one last time. A little bit. Yeah, and every yeah. all the cast was getting really pissed yeah, at that's him. That's horseshit. So oh, it was. It was like a, <laughs> a four or five week run. Everybody kept getting pissed at him. And finally, like the last couple of weeks, one of the guys would grab him around the arm because they knew exactly what he was going to do. So they'd grab him around the shoulder, put his arm around him, and walk him off stage. And you could just see the guy like, <laughs> "What the hell, man? Yeah. My audience needs me." My audience. So, yeah. So it was. It was <laughs> yeah. It was an adaptation of, of Othello, but it was. Set in the, it wasn't Othello, uh-huh. it was just an adaptation of it. And so it was just one of those moments where it's like, look, 
for me, I, you know, I grew up poor and blue collar. Mm-hmm. I love the work. Man. Yeah, Give me, yeah, you yeah. Know, Let me work. Yeah. If I can't work, then, you know, I don't deserve any of the accolades. And yeah. I, I don't think the accolades, I don't think curtain calls help the actor. No, I mean, I, I don't mind going the, the curtain call where you go out, you do your bow. Right. You know, there are some playwrights. Um, I just did a play last fall, and, and, like, part of his script at the end, he writes out what you should do for your curtain call. It's this, it was supposed to be this big elaborate thing where you reenact the whole play in like a minute and a half. half yeah. And it was going to take like two rehearsals just to do that. Right. And everyone was gung ho for the most part. And I, I think I was the only party pooper. that was like, this is bullshit. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to. I know. Like, right. Just go out. But the play is over. The story right. is told. The monster is dead. Let's roll the credits. Like, so come out, <laughs> you know, do the bow and go out. And it's, it's, you know, look, and thankfully our director, he was like, you know what? Yeah, we, we were not going to have time for this. And, right. uh, and we, you know, we did a little bit, if you will, but it was mostly just come out and, and bow. And, yeah, I mean, the play, the, the curtain call is fine, but the play itself is done. That was where the work happened. That's where, you and know. That, and, that's, and that's why when we do the table reads, Tyler, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, you get to hear everybody's rhythms and you get to hear where everybody else is coming from. And then you're like, okay, mm-hmm. great. You know, if this is how this guy's going to say this, this is how, you know, I, I don't. I, I I I memorize, but I can't. I, I try to memorize when I memorize my my stuff monotone, mm-hmm. um, because I don't want to give any inflection, yeah. inflection in in my voice at all. Because take one, you're going to say something different, and and so if I'm going to respond that way, I have to. It has to be honest. Yeah. And so I can't be like you know, he went that way every time. You know? <laughs> yeah, because that wouldn't be. And and that's funny that you mentioned that because one of the things I wanted to bring up is when we were doing. Uh, our scene, we had two brief scenes, mm-hmm. myself and Sean and you, we had two brief scenes in the movie. And one of the things, um, I th- I said something, I said it differently. Every time we started off the thing, I said a line to you, um, something along the lines of they, every time you show empathy to a human being, they try to bite you. Sometimes I said bite you in the ass. Sometimes I said come up and attack you. I wasn't purposely trying to do it, but it's just, it came out different every time. But you caught huh. on it every time. And you responded. Do you- Exactly what I said, and that's I like. I mean, I right. That was and awesome, and that's the thing about you acting know. is is responding in a truthful yeah. and honest manner to to whatever stimuli you're giving, given, and that's you know that's why I, there's so many like uh, Rod Steiger, as we're talking at oh, old yeah. actors and stuff. He once said that there's no real good actors anymore. He says there's a lot of great stars, but there's no really good actors because everybody's playing a a version of who they are. You exactly. know, or who yeah. they were, you know, <clears throat> like the, oh, the the joke was always, you know, that t- new Tom Cruise movie. Not that he's young anymore, but what he plays that young upstart who's trying to go against the yeah. system. Well, that's every movie Tom Cruise ever made. Yeah, he's he's one of the star right. actors, like an Arnold right. Schwarzenegger or John right. Wayne or Steve McQueen. Yeah, they're... right. And, and Johnny Depp <laughs> was, I guess, but he's also now playing, you know, this pirate guy yeah. for, for everything it's worth. Yeah, and so fifth one uh, on the way. Right, so. and so there's no, you know, as an actor, there's where's the challenge? Mm-hmm. You know, where is the art you're creating? You're not, you're repeating something. Yeah. And so, you know, listening, is, it's more of a Meisner, mm-hmm. you know, technique as far as acting goes, but, you know, listening and responding in an honest and, you know, genuine manner to yeah. stimuli. And so that's, I, that's the shit I love. Yeah. And so, you know, where, where it be- becomes new every time. Yeah. You know, and, you, and you have to listen, yeah. you know, yeah. because it's being captured on film. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're phoning it in, it's going to come phoned in, yeah, and everybody's exactly. going to see it, and mm-hmm. you're just going to be like, "Wow, it's up there for posterity that mm-hmm. I didn't give a hundred percent." Yeah, yeah. You know? 
Well, that's what it leads me to ask you. Um, obviously, stage acting and film acting are, are different, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Um, which do you prefer overall at the, as far as the end product? Like, do you get the most enjoyment out of the performance on stage or do you get it, or is it they both look like about equal? They, they, they have the reactions are different. Mm-hmm. Like for me, um, I did a show out that show I did outside of Nashville. It was a, a musical, um, and it was a, a, like a southern gospel musical. And I played a, uh, obviously because of my type, I played a brother of this family who are gospel singers. And he just got out of prison. And so th- these, these were southern Baptists, and they had to give testimony while they were playing all this old southern gospel, you know, will the circle be, mm-hmm. and then, you know, um, I'll fly away, oh, oh yeah, glory, yeah. all these old <laughs> hymns. But um, so I had to do this testifying. So, uh, it's in the script, you know. The play is called Smoke on the Mountain. And it's in the script, and it's written, and it's long. And the play takes place in the 40s. So my character was on a chain gang and everything. I give this big monologue. And the thing I love about it is it was a direct address to the audience. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at people and you can gauge their reaction, whether they're with you or not. And once you got them with you, it's just like, it's the best feeling yeah. in the world because you've got a room of, you know, hundreds of people watching and they're listening to everything you say. So if you fuck it up, <laughs> yeah. you, 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 it's your fault that the yeah. show sucks. Yeah. But if you're with them, if they, if you got them, it, there's nothing yeah. better because you, 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 they're listening to you. And if your emotions are true and honest, like there was, a, a, there's a moment in the monologue where I would, I would weep, you know, because it was sad. But in grad school, I had a teacher named Shelley Delaney. She was probably one of the greatest acting teachers I ever had. And she, we were doing um, a play, and I remember as we're doing it, I, you know, in the script it says that my character breaks down. And so I start talking, and then where, where the line said my character breaks down, I start doing this thing with my voice. And, uh, and she's like, what are you doing? I said, well, it says my character cries. She says, I know, but what are you doing? Heck, is that I said, crying? well, I, I'm, I'm trying to get myself there. She says, you know, don't. I said, what do you mean? And she knew I, I had lost a sister when I was a senior in high school. I lost a sister to a car wreck. And she says, do you ever cry when you talk about your sister? I said, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, depending on who I'm telling and this, you know, everything I'm talking about. She says, but you don't cry every time. I said, no. And she says, well, if it's not there, do you fake the tears when you're talking about your sister? And I said, no. She says, then if it's not there on stage, don't fake it. Yeah. Everybody's going to see that you're faking it. Mm-hmm. She says, if it's there, if you're honest, if you're you know, talking about a, a, a situation and you can sensorily bring it to the front, then it's there and you'll cry. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I don't have to cry even though the script says it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so those are the moments that when you, when you get those moments as an actor and you, you – as a group, there's this symbiotic relationship between you and the audience, this immediacy that there's n- that's probably my favorite yeah. stage just for that. Um, film, I love it because I, I get to say, wow, see how thin I was? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's yeah, I, I, you know, um, it's kind of nice to have it on record. Right. Because that's the only thing that frustrates me always about plays, and that's because I, I became an actor because of my love of films, not from theater or anything, but I do theater because there's no films to make, right? You know, yeah, really, until, you know, this Present stuff. company excluded, yeah. right? Well, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You have <laughs> you know, no I mean, idea how, how grateful I know both of us are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. But, um, and how grateful Alex is. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, so that's always been the thing is like you do these plays and then there's like – and you're done with it and everybody leaves and, and when the run is over, it's it's over. And it's like, did it happen? Did, you know, it's, right. And I know there's a lot of people that like it for that very reason, the idea of like you can go – you can do a show. You can do a show every single day, six days a week for three years, and it's the same play. But every – Every one, every performance is somewhat different. Right. And so it's like that, that ethereal thing where, like, if you weren't there on July 12th, right. 2016, to see that show, you missed it. Well, you a know? guy who is in the movie, uh, who you know, Dave Roden, mm-hmm. he plays oh, yeah. the dad. I directed him in I Hate Hamlet at stage 212. Well, one night he came on stage right near the end of the play and literally puked on stage. I oh, have God. heard that story. It, it, That's was a legendary it, it, story. It, it, yeah. Oh, it was crazy. And... Um, the guy who played Andrew, who's the the young male lead, had no experience on stage, <laughs> and David David's character was um, uh, Barrymore, John Barrymore, who's played Hamlet before, mm. and he was sick on stage, and and uh, he asks Andrew, he says, "Well, Andrew, how did your performance go?" And he turns, and Dave, after Dave says that line, he turns and pukes on the floor, and the guy playing Andrew looked and says, "Pretty much like that." <laughs> that's that's awesome. And, yeah. Then the next one, a woman comes in who plays the real estate agent, and she comes in, and she has newspapers, and she's laying them on the ground. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. All live on stage. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm in the back of the house. I was like, pull the curtains. No, wait. They're going. Yeah. Don't, they're continuing. They're, they're able to, Don't pull the curtains. They're keeping. They, right. they kept it going. That's, oh, yeah. And that's it was amazing. amazing. Yeah. It, was, it was brilliant. And, I mean, that, it is. It's one of those, you know, theater lore moments. Yeah. You had to be there. And, you know, to Dave's credit, it was, it was just like, holy cow, people in the audience are like, Oh, that puke looked real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard, I've heard you enough crying on command, but man, this guy can right, puke right. on command. Holy, that's yeah, amazing. But yeah, so I, I and I don't dislike film. I just uh, I prefer stage. That's where my background is mainly, is, is you know stage. That's what I know best. That's what I'm most comfortable with. Um, and again, for me, the best part of it is the work, is the table work, sitting around, figuring out your character, and you know the background of your character and making these choices that that aren't necessarily conventional and you know aren't necessarily obvious i did a show um uh, a view from a bridge and um and uh my character was the bad guy Mm -hmm. and one of the guys in it was like oh you're playing him too nice i said no man you don't get it even the bad guy thinks he's doing the right thing. Exactly. Yeah. If the bad guy thinks he's bad, then you got no story. Yeah. He's bad. Everybody hates him. End of, end of story. There it is. But the bad guy has to be doing the wrong things. Even though he's doing wrong things, he has to be doing them for what he thinks is right reasons. That's what motivates him because he's you know you there has to be a righteousness in, in every person's choice to do something. Yeah. It, it, from an audience perspective, maybe not, mm-hmm. because we can see, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're heading right into the wall, dude. Yeah. But he he thinks he's gonna move it that wall, and so, you know, yeah, I could talk forever about it. Uh, <laughs> me, me too. Uh, but so because of that, I'll have to switch gears. Right. Um, how did you first uh, get involved with Tyler? Well, I saw an ad. I think you put something on Facebook, or maybe Probably. there was something going around. Couple years um, back. Yeah, because you're you're the one of two camps. Either you, you saw the the ad that we, we we I mean for River City Panic that's like the first and really only time we actually really advertise stuff. I mean we put flyers up all over Ottawa. Uh, we I think the the newspaper even ran a story on it. You know we actually had like we we um, 
got a space down at Jeremiah Joe Coffee down in the basement there because they have like a kind of like a nice little complex thing there. And um, for, it was like two days, you know, we just scheduled auditions and some we had some walk-ins. And that or I initially got a list of local theater people from my dad and a, and a friend of mine. I kind of just compiled these names and numbers, and I just called all those people up. Well, I think what one of the things I saw something on uh, the Facebook page for Stage Two Twelve, the community. Theater. Yeah, we yeah we and, shared and, stuff there, and I emailed you. I said, look, because it was originally supposed to shoot. Ooh, let me go see. In early June. Yes, that is true. We and, did. And push I, it back. I said, you know, I said I, w- I would like to audition. I said, but <gasps> yes, I can't. Yes. I said, but if you need any help in any way, shape, or form. I know a lot of the people in the area. I've had, you know, I sent, I think I sent you my reel on YouTube. You did. Oh, because like, I remember watching, um, it, it was an office scene, yeah. and it's you and another guy. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And, and I said, here, you know, here you go. You know, if, if there's anything I can do to help, I knew your dad, you know, and I was just doing that stuff. And, and you, you know, you were like, okay, great. And then, because uh, I was doing the Camino de Santiago in Spain. It's a five-week walk. And I said, I'm going to be gone. But if anything I, you know, anything I can do. And right before I left in mid-May, early May, you said, uh, hey. May, f- or, oh, this is actually June 1st is when I sent this email. Okay. I want to inform you that the filming dates have changed to July 21st to the 28th. Okay. And then all you said in, in full caps, I am in. Because <laughs> well, I was in Spain at the time. I know that. That was June, June what, 3rd? Uh, June 1st. 1st. Okay, that's my mom's birthday. But I was in Spain when you sent that. And uh, and so I don't get to, you know, you got to go wherever they have Wi-Fi to check your stuff. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. And so it worked. And then, you know, uh, I think I came to a couple of the rehearsals that we had. And uh, that's when I was like, oh, I got to step back. Because I, I worked with some of the actors. Remember? I don't know if you remember that. We were. Oh, yeah. I. We we just kind of did essentially what I did was because uh, I wasn't quite sure how to work around people's schedules at this point, mm-hmm. so the Times was nice enough to like donate their their conference built. It was a separate building from where they actually are, and um, essentially I think once a week we just held like workshops where we didn't. Ex- I didn't expect all the cast members to be there every time. All I asked is that you you attend two of these things just so really I can get to know you and work with you for a little bit. And I think that pretty much when every time you were there, there's usually a good, a good number of people, ten, twelve, fifteen people. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I definitely remember you, like, somebody, somebody had some thoughts, and, like, I think you saw me trying to get something across, and Alex knows better this better than anybody else, and everybody knows this by now. Sometimes I just don't translate in words what I, what I, what I want out of something very well, and I, you know, and Alex was, he's like, oh, I, I have a thought, do you mind? Like, and he, he does this every time. I, do you mind if I do this really quick? And I mean, like, please tell me if you don't want me to. It's only okay. And I, that's because that's how nice he is. Yeah, and I it's never like, want to overstep my boundaries. This is your, oh, he, you know, this is your baby. I'm, I'm just like, you know, like the uncle. Yeah. So, you know. Well, uh, of overstepping any boundaries, Alex was the best on that film. So he, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he just put a tiptoe over. But yeah. no, really, I mean, Alex is great. Every time, because he, he understands. It's like, and usually it's just like, if he, if he feels like I'm getting a point across, then usually he... He doesn't have any thoughts on it, but like if he knows that it's like a disconnect between me and somebody else, he mm-hmm. he he'll, he'll detect it like that and he'll step in and he'll help out. And I always appreciate it. Uh, it's always you. very welcome. And, and, and I've I've told you this countless times. I, I mean, what you're doing by making these films is you're giving people joy. I mean, I, I Renee it was a former oh, student my of mine, yeah. but it, it's true though because <laughs> Renee is a former student of mine and she plays Bones in this. Mm-hmm. She, this was her dream. Yeah, she she saw, bought the uh, River City Panic. She couldn't make it to the opening, so she oh bought yes, the I DVD remember. I, I, that's, I remember so meeting excited. her through that. And so I, I you know I, I so wanted her to be a part of it. She's such a great young lady. Uh, her 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 boyfriend is a great guy. 
Um, she's, you know, you want to see something good happen to, to somebody who's yeah. a decent person. And you bring in joy to people. People get yeah. the opportunity to be on screen. Mm-hmm. The, the guys, all the cast and crew got along. We, I mean, yeah. for days afterwards, everybody's still, you know, Facebook messaging about yeah. how much they miss it. And, yeah. and you, you, the world is in short supply of joy, mm-hmm. but you are delivering, you know, you're making up for a big deficit by a lot of people. This is why so I keep them around. No, brother, I'm serious. You know that, though. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I don't think you give yourself the credit that you deserve. And and I, I think, you know, you. I always say this, too. If, if I can complain about something, I better damn well sure be able to compliment it. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I was not happy the opening the first night of filming because we were four hours behind. behind. Yeah. But I was also happy to be there. Well, and, and then so, you, you brought us food like the next day. Well, you know? we had a big party at the house. <laughs> so. but, I mean, you could have taken – I would have just taken that home and laid in bed and eaten yeah. it. But this, <laughs> this guy over here, despite how frustrated he is. But uh, no, I mean, a- Alex, from the beginning, so when Alex came on board, like he was like, for me, like the legitimate hit. It had nothing to do with like his pedigree, his history with theater and all this amazing stuff and the fact that he'd already been on film before. Mm-hmm. It was because he was an adult, yeah. <laughs> and and it was like because it was like it was me. Depends on who you ask. Yeah, <laughs> it was me at twenty six at the time, and but the entire lead cast was like twenty one and younger. Yeah. yeah. Other than Trevor, I think maybe Trevor was like twenty two, twenty three. But um, it was like it was scary because like nobody was taking it seriously, and like I expected that, you know, yeah. and that's fine and fair. But it's like those those first few adults that that took that leap of faith. And like you know, they they were willing to. Tr- I mean, like it, like it could have been a cell phone in, in a in a in a backyard and stuff like that. It really could have been that. Alex never asked questions about any of that. Yeah. He just wanted to come. He wanted to have a good time. He wanted to put in a good performance. And he because he believed in it. Yeah. And it's like, and the films are weird. They're goofy. They're gross. And they're dumb sometimes. But it's like, Alex is like the antithesis of like the. Um, it's about the experience, and mm-hmm. it's about having a good time, and it's about just creating something with other people. Yeah. The end product is like it's the cherry on top. It's right. like, yeah. it, it, oh, we we did that, and we can go share that around or yeah. not share it around, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. But um, it's and Alex has stuck through it every single time, and and he's become more vocal, which I appreciate. I'm just not just about like the projects themselves, but like about like the, to the people, and he just wants to help, like really. And like he's Alex was the first person I really believe that that really kind of matched what we were looking for. And despite all the difficulties of the first one and, you know, the frustrations of this, because that second movie wouldn't have got made without Alex. That is a guarantee. (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, we've we've kind of vaguely discussed our issues with the the homeowners of movie two, but Alex is the one that smoothed that over. I mean, really. It was... Yeah, it was. It, it is what it was. You know, it yeah. was what it was, or whatever. However, that expression goes, because it is, can't is what it is. It's past. So yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it it's, was what it was. He right. just he knows he he knows how to balance things, especially when he's not like in charge of it. When he's watching things, so the house situation, there was a lot of frustration. There was expectations from both sides. And I thought that I had met my expectations prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I stand by that for the most part. But then. I remember Alex taking me aside after like the second or third day of being there. And he's like, no matter what you did or didn't do to achieve being here, for the most part, this is not your home. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and no, you cannot take that away from them. You just cannot. And so it's like, no matter what, you, you, if you want this movie to get made, you're just going to have to listen, yeah. take care, and do your best to make sure that every, all these animals aren't shitting on the floor anymore, <laughs> pretty much. And like, it was, it was really eye-opening because it was yeah. like, at that point, I was getting frustrated because I was like, 
You know, I'd walk through this entire film front to back with this, the, the family and uh, all the dirty stuff, you know, all the blood, all the flaming cop cars and things like that. And there was issues like that that kept coming up being like, I don't remember this. I don't remember this. I don't remember this. And it was like, I, I, I know I did this. I know I did this. But it's like, it doesn't matter. And because of that, it really calmed me down. Mm-hmm. And, and Alex is really good at that. He... I mean, he's he's the guy that makes the rain go away during filming, <laughs> quite literally. Yeah, he did. We were on uh, on Butcher the Baker's the, the, this first night at the cabin. I think it was the first night. No, the second, the second night. Second, second, okay, night. Yeah. second night. <clears throat> we had some rain. We talked about that in the last one, but we had some rain, and then uh, uh, Alex was there, and he's like, "No, what was it? You exactly said you put a." Not a hex. I need, I need 15 minutes. Yeah. Just give me 15 uh, minutes. Yeah. And then he'll go disappear. And he had, <laughs> I didn't know you, he did this on Grace's room, but on both films, we had one night, one night where it, it rained for maybe like a half hour or right. something like that. It, pretty good. But then like, whoosh, it just disappears. Yeah. On Grace's room, we, we, I was held back. I was like, let me channel the wind. I got this. <laughs> so I went, went away. I was like, I, and I think I told you the same thing. 15, 15 minutes. You guys will be good to go. Just chill for 15 and so and that's the same thing that happened. Yeah. Oh, it, it, and it honestly happened. It I did. don't know how it works. It did. Let's see. <laughs> let's see. Melvin Van Peebles pull that shit. Off. Right. Yeah. He right. did a lot of stuff, but I don't think he was stopping the rain. No. Man. No. No. I did my conjuring. Yeah. <laughs> it did because we were standing out there at one point, and there was rain. I swear that it didn't blow off the tree because I was watching if the wave was coming down. There yeah. was rain like five feet away. Oh no! <laughs> it was like I, I th- it stopped. I think I've got video of that. Yeah, we were like in the circle where the it was rain all around us. But not in this in the circle of creativity. Uh, you know. Yeah. What can I say? I'm connected. Yeah. So yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, but it's been it, it's it's just been a blast. I mean, yeah. it really it, the maturation process from the first film to this one is is huge. That's what I wanted you know? to ask. What changes have you seen either in Tyler or the way the productions are put together I've or all weight. of it from from <laughs> City Panic to now? I, I honestly I, I would say the professionalism, the level of professionalism, because the expectations it seemed to me on the first one. That nobody really knew yeah. how it was going to go. We knew what we wanted to do. We knew the product we were wanting, um, and we had everything pretty much set up. But we didn't. We didn't know. You know, um, the crew we had then. I think there was a hired crew. Yeah, and they were. You know, there was a sense of elitism. I would say mm-hmm. amongst them. Yeah, where they. You know, they were just definitely a separate entity from the rest well, of right. us. They they, 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 they didn't. They, they were working. Um, for us and not with yeah. us. Yeah, and that's that's um, a right, huge that, difference. Completely, especially with a hired crew. I mean, right. you, you got to all be on the same page. Right, and they, especially you know, in a DP situation. I mean, and they weren't they weren't the most. Um, they weren't bad. Our, our sound guy, I thought was was. Wonderful. Oh, Dana was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, just some lighting guys just seemed a bit uh, aloof. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, amateurs. And so, yeah, did they stay like, at the shelter? Yeah, yeah, they did. Oh, okay, yeah, they did. Um, and then uh, on the second one. Um, I, I wouldn't say creative differences. I would just say a, a different, a difference of um, d- desire of what of what the product was. I no, think. I think that's a, 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 the right response. And so, <laughs> um, and, and so that was you know, and we also had some. Uh, we were carrying some dead weight. We had, I felt more, and I've told you this. Yeah. That we've had more crew that were not being used mm-hmm. that wanted to be. That felt like it was film camp. No, I, and honestly, know? I think it was it was like the the perceived safety blanket from River City Panic. Mm-hmm. I wanted a bunch of people there because it was like, oh, it, more brains, we can solve more problems, yeah. duh. But then it's like, well, think about it. First of all, you're in one location in one building for five days straight. Think about that, and that's yeah. did not think about that, yeah. and it just it 
you know, and I, and I think that be, it, it, it was a good problem to have in hindsight because we learned from that. And right. then I feel like on this film, really, it was we did a much better job of what, what we, you know, at most on set, I think at any given time we had roughly 28 to 30 people, whereas on Grace's room at all times we had roughly like 34 to 36 people. Wow. So we'd already cut numbers down, but then like, you know, that's if we had like a full cast with all of our underlings and all those mm-hmm. people and stuff yeah. like that. But, you know, and we had a, a better crew that understood those things because they'd been through this. And they were like, you know, if they saw that they're, you, you know, why don't you step outside and let these guys deal with the interior heat and smells and stuff yeah. like that. Let them get this done, you know, and things like right. that. And and that's, I mean, Alex came up to me several times during filming and after filming. And he put a wonderful post on Facebook afterwards. Yes. Pretty much just saying that, just like the crew guys just knocked it out of the park. And because of that, because they worked harder and they worked smarter, it, and and nobody else took offense to that. Everybody else wanted to work harder too. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, I feel like exactly. everybody wanted to, but everybody wanted to show. Nobody wanted to be the weak link. Exactly. And that's yes. what, so that that's why it was so beautiful in this in this production. Uh, out of all the other ones, everybody had the eye on the prize. Everybody was working hard. Everybody, I, I mean, I, I, Sam, Matt, that, I mean, everybody. Professional, 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 as as much as they can. Yes. And so far as they were capable of yeah, being professional, absolutely. they yeah. brought it. And you know, and and, the, and and I mean, everybody in the crew, Jerry, you know, I, even the makeup girls, for, for as young as they were, yeah, they they tried. You yeah. Know? Um. And and there was, you know, the actors. Everybody was for each other. Yeah. There was never. You know, there was never an ego. There was never, you know, one of my favorite things, and I think I told you. Um, is at, on every shoot that every day that I was called, I, 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 we were there early. It was me and Mike. Mike and I, you know, went over our lines. Mm-hmm. We we did our own rehearsal. We took it upon ourselves to rehearse at the cabin. We took it upon ourselves to rehearse. Yep. At, you know, at, at the bakery, we, we, yeah. we did that. You know, at, at your sister's house, we did that. Me and Dan. Rehearsed. Oh, the, those are so, some of my favorite scenes. I well, mean, and, and those, and, and it makes it makes the difference when everybody wants that, mm-hmm. and you could tell everybody did. Yeah, yeah, so, it, yeah. It felt like a it felt like a team. I wasn't oh, on the other two movies, but I this is. You know, I I, can't, I honestly don't think back on anything in this project, and I think of anybody being like, "This sucks," or any. Right. Uh, you know, everyone had their moments where frustration because you're human; you can't help it. Right. But, yeah. but I don't. I didn't walk away at all feeling any sort of like, "Oh, I hope if I work on a movie again, I hope they're not there." I don't feel that at all. I hope everybody is there again. I, exactly. I would love to just it, make movies with these people all the time. I loved yeah. acting with you. I loved act. I just I just had. And I think that this movie set the bar where we want it to be. Absolutely. From here on out, there's not going to be anything less. Yeah. You know, because every nobody's going to tolerate that shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody's like this. And I honestly think, and I think I told Zach this. uh, I told him, I said, look, I said, if we're going to submit a film, I don't know how it looks, but I know how it feels in the making process. This is the one because, boy, everybody. It looks good, Alex. That, it really looks but good. But that whole energy, you know what I mean? The yeah. energy of everybody infused is is infused on that film. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and you you can't you you can't replicate that. Yeah. That's not a special effect you can add. And and a big part of of this film prior to this was I don't want to take risks the risks I t- have taken before. You know, I mean this this movie is made for roughly twelve thousand mm-hmm. dollars, whereas River City Panic was made for over thirty. You know, right. I mean, from, you know, from head to toe, you right. know, it was like all the way through. So there's still a little bit of post-production. I'll still have to put a little bit of money in, but not near as much. Right. But it's like, it looks 100% better. It feels 100% better. All this stuff. Um, and holy shit, I lost my train of thought. Um, 
What did you just say? <laughs> Infusing the joy. Everybody's excited working together is a tight, you know. Um, oh, damn. I had a really good thing I was going for. <sighs> oh, that, there's my brain. It just kicked. <laughs> yeah. It just turned off. You need well, to drink some more of that white chocolate. Oh, oh I, I didn't want to take risks. Right. And, um, and because I, wanted, I just want to play, play it to the fence. I wanted to be smart, and I wanted to do it right. And then now that it's done, and it's like, ooh, I want to take risks again because I feel... I feel better. I feel like I have a whole army of people behind me. Right. So, like, a big thing now is that we're actually going to do reshoots. We've never done that before. We're adding three full more days to our shoot now um, in August. And it's like, and, and, and I'm not afraid to go look at my footage, whereas before it's like, I want to take two, three months to go cry and then go back and put it together. You know, right. get, just weep those missing, missing yeah, pieces yeah. out. But it's like, oh, no, no, no. I want to know what's missing and I want right. to go get it. Exactly. And, and it's like, you know, it's going to cost more money. It's going to cost more time. And, and you know, but... For once, I don't think it's going to cost me a relationship, and no. that's and that's the most important thing to me is that like it's, I really struggle when somebody doesn't have a good time, and you can't guarantee that, right? You just can't, and it's I have to accept that, and but it's like now I know that there's other people to, you know, pick that pick up that slack or watch over each other. I don't right. have to watch over everybody like I always felt like because even then I couldn't do anything, you know, right. for the most part. Yeah. I can't, but well, it's like everybody is taking care of each other. The first day I told you I was frustrated. I said, the one, the one thing is, there's nobody to yell at. Everybody's frustrated. Yeah. It's not one person's fault. And that, it hit me on the ride home. That it wasn't, there was not one, you know, to, person to blame, which also, and the inverse is, you know, there's not just one person to praise. It's everybody. Yeah. You know, everybody is, is, is nobody, one person slacked off to make us this far behind. But at the same time, no one person made it such a great experience it was yeah. everybody it was such it was a i mean it was a great team effort it was yeah. a really i hate that cliche you know there's but it it's true it was i mean everybody was for each other yeah and that's well awesome. and, and alex has always been um there, there's a few people on our team that are unabashed with their communication and that is it, that's important because a lot of us involved in this and the people we've a lot of people that we've lost are people who don't want to communicate how they're feeling about stuff yeah. they get frustrated they don't know how to say it so they get pissed off and they just take off yeah. they take their toys and they go home and then um you know for me it's like that's something that i've had to learn because it's like you know I, like i have no problem telling a parent you know whose kid is being a tyrant and not going to school that it's not really maybe your kid's fault it's your fault like right. you know i i have no problem doing that kind of thing <laughs> but when it comes to like people who are like working working for me quote unquote and doing it for free and busting their ass and taking time out of their life, it's really hard for me to like, you know, be like, I wish you could do this better, or I think we can do this better, or what are we doing wrong here, and all this stuff. But anyways, Alex has always been incredibly vocal, not just to like help the film, but but even for his own personal things. So first day, uh, his call time uh, was was a lot earlier than where we were at. You know, we, he was like four hours behind. We were four hours behind pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then he, Alex got dressed, he sat there, uh, we shot our interiors, and then we moved to the outside. And then when we got outside, we had a whole load of problems. It was really dark. One of the lamps broke, um, or the, one of the bulbs broke, and it was just really frustrating. And then Alex comes up to me. He's like, I want you to know. I want you to know that I'm pissed. <laughs> but it, it pretty much was like, I'm pissed, but it's okay. Because I, I want you to know it's not going to affect my performance. I'm going to give it my all, but I just want you to know that I'm pissed. Yeah. And it's like, I appreciate that. I can't get, I, I'm not going to get mad, and yeah. I'm not going to go in the corner and cry and be like, oh, God, no. Right. It's like, well, I, there's a trust. I, he, he's letting me know yeah. that. So then the, the least I can do is, I'll try my best not to let that happen again yeah. because I think the next time we were supposed to have you, we were running behind schedule. In I fact, we were running so far behind that we were not – There was it, it was either Alex shows up and he waits an hour and then he gets an hour and a half to shoot his scene, which is totally unfair. And and I was like, we can't do it, Matt. Matt, Matt came up to me. He's like, you know, we're getting close to Alex's call time. What do you want to do? And I'm like, we can't do it. Yeah. We just can't. We can't do it to him, but we can't do it to the film. And then Alex was like, I super appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Like just, That was – that to me was – 
the most professional thing because it was like, look, we respect your time. We respect what you're doing. We can't use you. Yeah. You know, and, and today. And so I was like, perfect. That's, yeah. that's what yeah. I, you know, that's all I need. And, and, you know, I, I, and you you know this is from an acting point of view. As an actor, we have the biggest ego and we have the smallest ego. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to come in believing that you're going to knock it out of the park. Yeah. But you also have to understand that what I'm doing may not be exactly what you want. And so what I'm giving you, you may be like, mm, that ain't working. Yeah. And so, but no, I, I, again, I, I, I did. I, I'm always going to tell you. And, yeah. and it wasn't, because I, I, when I tell you how I feel, good or bad, um, if it's personal, I'll tell you it's personal. Oh, yeah. It's like, dude, you are awesome. But if if something's going wrong, I'm like, I'm pissed. Yeah. It's me. I'm pissed. Just so you know, you yeah. know, if you see me steaming, that's it. Uh, but well, it's and it and it work. It works better for me because like that, I still can't turn that off. So during filming, I noticed this film was a little bit harder on our actors, um, especially our leads, because we're used to having them on set at all times. They're always a part of the party. The camera's right. always on them. Whereas this time we had you know three different sets of leads ish. Um, and really there's kind of four, there's four weird storylines that we're following. Yeah. And it's so it's like, more of an ensemble than yeah. really and we're trying to uh, cater to all those people and do all those scenes. And so it's like, all right, uh, we're going to work on this group. And then another group, you know, comes up in three hours or whatever. And so sometimes people are tired because they have to wait till that group's done and then go back again and all this stuff. So I noticed a lot of, a lot of, um, weary faces on my actors this time, whereas <laughs> it wasn't like that before or for different reasons. It was just because they were tired. Whereas this time it, they might be a little frustrated because right. they want they just want to work. And, um, but n- n- communicating that to me, lets me know that, okay, that is how they feel. And, right. but they're aware of it and they know that we're trying our best and stuff like that. So it really helps. And, and if, it, if there's ever an issue for the most part, I would go up to somebody and be like, just, you know, what's going on? What, what do I need to be doing for you? And, but actually I, I don't even think I had to do that much because there's usually somebody else who would do it right. for me. And, and, and it, and it well, always and, helped out. And it, 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 for me to talk to you directly is in my opinion and why I do it directly is because I, I respect you. Thank you. I'm not going to go by. <laughs> well, I, I mean, but seriously, because you know what? You know, yeah. we always joke. My father was not passive aggressive. My father was massive aggressive. <laughs> so, and so we, you know, it's not, I, I try, you know, I'm not going to be the passive aggressive guy and be like, oh, thank you, Tyler. This is awesome. And then, go, you know, go to yeah. and, oh, you know what he, you know, I'm not, I, can't, yeah. I can't do that because that, that's been in in one of these movies where yeah. where people are backstabbing you know and talking smack and you're just like you know what yeah. that doesn't make the movie better no. that doesn't no. help the that doesn't help the, the the set that helps nothing yeah so talking to you directly here's how I feel I know what, what that nothing can be done but here's how I feel yeah okay so I had to get that off my chest let's go yeah and that's you know that that. Yeah, it's again in this movie, man. It's been nothing but a good time. Yeah, it it's been surreal. I mean, really, because like going into this, this I there was one point where when I was talking with Jenna, me and Jenna had a heated conversation once, and it didn't really stem from our relationship, but it was it was more like I was airing my grievances about my apprehensions for this film and whether I can actually do it. Um, and, and I definitely had a rough first day on set, um, that, but I fought through it and I was like, you know, this is my problem. I'm going to, I'm going to deal with this and I'm going to do my job and it's going to turn out great. But anyways, uh, there was a point where I was like, I just don't think I can do this anymore. I just can't. I don't know why I'm doing it. Um, I, 
I, I am frustrated constantly and, you know, and most of it stems from just not communicating to the people that are causing me problems, you know, and, and we slowly started to do that after that conversation and Jenna definitely helped me do that. Um, and she would, she would be, she would vocalize things for me cause it was difficult to start. But, you know, once we kind of got through pre-production and we got on set and it was like, and then there was that wonderful moment where everybody, you know, contributed despite the fact that everybody's paying for their own gas, buying their own food sometimes even, um, they contributed it to help me fund, you know, whatever the emergencies in this film. And it was like, it, it just, it just clicked. It was like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. This is why I did it from the beginning. And it, know, it finally, there was an, there was a real moment with it. Jerry told me about that. You had told me before, but Jerry told me about it too, in a, in a, from his perspective. Yeah. And it was great because the, the last night I think Jerry felt kind of bad because yeah. he couldn't stay as long and everything. And, oh, oh yeah. And, but he, he says, you know, I, I, don't, I said, Jerry, nobody hates you. you know, don't oh. worry. Everybody loves you. You're great. He says, I said, this is a, a, a good group. He says, I know. He said, do you know what they did? And then he told me about that. And I said, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I knew that. I said, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? He's like, I've never heard of that. Yeah. yeah. So, so when, when – you know, he, he, this is his second film with us, but he's still kind of on the outside in in, in, in the manner of speaking. But, he, you know, he realizes that, yeah, like it or not, this is a family and he's part of it. Yeah. You know? And well, and Jerry, really, the one thing that we always uh, I know we're always going to have to pay for on these films is sound because mm-hmm. you have to have good sound or you're not going to have a good movie. And, um, you know, I mean, unless somebody has $50,000 laying around, we can just order all that equipment. But, uh, you yeah, know, I'd hate to lose yeah. Jerry. Right. Um, but anyways, and we've been super fortunate with sound people. We've been lucky for every film. But, um, like, uh, Jerry came up to me. I don't know if it was the last day or, you know, the day after we had that moment and everything like that. And he's like, he, he, he was, he kind of, he was like, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly how I should feel about that. Because he's like, you know, I, I, like, I, I, don't, I don't think I should feel bad. But, you know, like, you know, I, I kind of do. And I'm like, Jerry, you shouldn't feel bad at all. And he's like, well, you did a really good job of playing that off. Because, I mean, like, I, I went straight up to him after I, you know, pretty much knew probably what was going on when Jerry was sitting there on the ground in the forest, you know, playing <laughs> with the microphone. And I'm just like, I, I know I have to go talk to Jerry. I have to. Because Jerry gets, he gets really anxious because, you know, he likes to have all his pieces in place. And right. when it's not, he can't work right. Yeah. And so I was like, I have to go do this. And so we, we chatted and everything. And he explained the situation. And he's like, you know, you can do this movie with the three lobs I have. But I'm gonna suggest we don't do that, <laughs> and uh, and, I, and and I'm like you know just so you know most of it is like a two or three piece conversation. We actually could probably do it, but I know you can't do it. Right. Like you can't work like this. And it's like that's fine. We'll figure it out. And don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know I'll call it in. I'll give him my card and all this stuff. And uh, you know I mean everybody's heard the story probably about two or three times now, and so they know how it went. But um, I'm like you know that's why I didn't. I didn't, I didn't convey all this, you know, uh, stress or, or sadness or fear to you is because it's not, you shouldn't have to carry that burden. It's not your fault. You know, right. it's not Sean's fault. You know, right. it was soaking wet on the ground. It just happened. It, you know? it, it was Sean's job to be Sean, which yeah, is right. usually jumping and running somewhere. <laughs> and it's like, it was just, it was just a force of nature. I mean, quite literally, cause it had rained. Yeah. And so, and then by, by the end of the, so we, we wrapped probably roughly around one thirty. I want to say two o'clock that, mm-hmm. that last night. And we went back to the shelter, and um, everybody was going to watch Grace's or River City Panic in Grace's room, and Jerry wanted to stay. And I, I was like, well, i got to run home and go get some shit. And then by the time I came back, Jerry was still there, and he was drinking a beer with everybody. Yeah. And then, you know, when we started watching River City Panic, you know, an hour later or something like that, he's like, okay, I have to go now. I have, to, I can't get any drunker, otherwise I'm not going to be able to drive. Like, I have to, you know, not that he was drunk, but he's like, I can't drink anymore. Plus, he was working. He was working a second oh, job on 4th of July. Uh, to so, cater. Yeah. To cater for, like, a full day. Yeah. And, and he... When he said his goodbyes, like you could, he was gonna start crying. And so then, of course, we flooded him with hugs. And yeah. like, it, it, I think, I think he was very happy when he left. And that makes me happy because on that first film, 
we had that issue where essentially, I, you know, I don't talk to any of those crew guys. And, and really, there's only two in particular that I have major beef with that, I, you know, I'll let that rest. But it was just like, I, I that was my biggest fear going into all of this is that I, I get scared by people who are like, I know better than you. And it's like, I, I don't think anybody should know better than anybody else here. It's like, right. you know, Alex, Alex tried to treat me that way. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I don't know better the, this story better than Tyler, you know, but I'm going to help him instead of just doing something else that goes against everything that I would want for it anyways. Mm-hmm. And so having that moment with Jerry where just, we really realized that, you know, Jerry, Jerry likes us and Jerry's oh, yeah. probably going to hang around for a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a great thing. It was great for me. It was very therapeutic. And, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, but after this film, I actually, I felt fulfilled where usually I feel sad um, because I I know how much money I don't have and how much debt is crushing me um, and and the long road I have. And usually I'm by myself when I do that. And it it gets difficult because I know I'm going to be in this basement for the next, you know, seven, eight months working on this thing, you know, by myself. But it's like, I don't feel alone. I know everybody's cheering me on. And it's like, it, 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 I, I, like I said, it felt so fulfilled. It was just like, it really felt like three movies in three years, there was something going on here. Right. And I, and I agree. I think I think as a group, we, you know, I, pardon me for taking ownership of, you know, or Go partial ownership of it. But I think as, as a group and as a team, the people that we've cast off and the people that we've added have enhanced what we have. Yes. We're graduating to a, 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 a new level. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, it, it's... It's exciting to see where it's going to go. Yeah. You know, and I, I really think, like I said, the vibe, the, the feel, the emotion that everybody had on set is, is going to, you know, is going to be shown on that on that film. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm anxious to see bits I, and clips of it. Just, yeah, just, you I, know. I, I am too. And, well, and it was the, exciting. And the best thing that I can say about all of it is that, like, I not that I use the the weirdness, the goofiness, the blood, the guts, the farts, the pukes, and all that stuff as a crutch. But it's like I know that stuff, and I feel safe in there. And for once, like the next, regardless of when I get to do my next one, whether it's next summer, two summers, three summers, whatever, I know that I don't want to do that stuff next time. I want to do a character-driven piece. I want to do an ensemble thing with people, conversations. I know, like, because it's like I really want to, you know stick my neck out and really give it a go yeah. because it's like we have like i mean especially after you know alex has come back three times dan's come back three times you know we've been fairly lucky with our leads especially on grace's room and butcher the bakers you know and the people that care and then like mike comes in who is just he, i think he's amazing yeah, i think right. he's an amazing yeah, I agree. performer i agree and he just he, he fit right in it's like these people are so good at their job i'm specifically talking about the actors are so good at their job like I can't just have them puking anymore. I can't. I can't just have Alex talking about fit, his dreams getting fisted. I. I think you know. Not that I'm going to do some amazing drama. It's still going to be a comedy or something yeah. goofy. But it's like I really. I want them to have lines. Yeah. Well, and, and like I was saying when Alex was bringing up his scenes, there's these this this subplot for Alex's character with between him and Dan, and it's like three or four sequences. And I, when we finished up inside at my sister's house doing these scenes, everybody was kind of like. Dude, that felt really good. Yeah. Like, that felt like a, a movie right there. Yeah, and, and it did. I, it, and it was like these conversations. And it was the same thing, I, the same way I felt when um, Alex had his bit with you guys outside mm-hmm. the bakery. Yeah, that was you, a lot of fun. You know, it's I like, it. I think I kind of like listening to people talk instead of, you know, just spouting yeah. expletives and, and, and vitriol <laughs> yeah. all the time. It's, it's kind of interesting. And wielding and, weapons. But I think, yeah. I think that's the graduation of the scripts, too, from the first three shows. Yeah. I mean, this is, this, I, I think this is more character driven. Than, yes, than it definitely the is. Other ones. Um, and and the, the characters ha- have more to say. Yes, you know, and and so it, it is. It's it's um, 
it's exciting to watch it grow. It really is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's nice to kind of be, have been fortunate to be on the ground floor of it when it was starting out. And, oh, yeah. And seeing where it's at and knowing where it's going to go. So, you know, it's exciting. Straight to the Midwestern Oscars. Damn hey, right. You know what? <laughs> it, it's fine, too. Wherever, I mean, if... if it doesn't need a million other people to see it in order for it to be great. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't need, uh, you know, somebody, some critic to tell me whether or not mm. what we did was a wonderful thing, what yeah. the experience we ha- had as a group. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care, give a fuck because that's one person's opinion. My opinion is what I experienced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My opinion is what I know, yeah. not what I've seen, what I, you know, what I felt, what I know, what I, you know, and so... Whether or not one or a million see it, yeah. it's still going to be a great film because of everything that occurred because of it. So, and he just said yeah. everything yeah. that I ever wanted out of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So let's burn this building down. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, Joe Buck, you stay in here, but uh, <laughs> well, he'll be like the cockroach that somehow makes right. it out. Yeah, 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 I'm like the phoenix. Yeah, he actually yes. thrives. He becomes yeah. some sort of weird superhero. You're more like the Tucson. Well, I'm kind of like a raven. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Joe's been and really not that's so Raven. Okay. Not who? The the, the Disney ch- channel show that's show. so Raven. Yeah, oh, okay. With Raven Simone. I thought he said yeah. fat so Raven. Oh, <laughs> fat so <laughs> Raven. <laughs> There's your new character, Joe. Yeah, oh, that's, I think that's a great Disney channel show. Yeah, Just throw Joe in a pool, get them all like wrinkled up. <laughs> that's so. They're fat so Raven. <laughs> What's up there, fat so Raven? <laughs> ah, well, you know you gotta eat your fruits and vegetables, kids. <laughs> it's even you educational. Are one fruit yeah. I will not eat. <laughs> Rotten from the core. Right, right, yeah, there's, there's a lot of maggots up in there. Yeah. Right. I don't well, like that pit. Why don't you bring him on in? Yeah, he's been. Joe's been nice and quiet, and he's chomping at the bit. He's drinking his energy drink, and uh, I think it's time to pass the buck. Do I head out? No. Oh no, you oh, stay. No, no. no, he. This. Is I, I head out because I can't yeah. take it. <laughs> this is where we give the show to Joe. Oh no. Get your questions ready and make them clean, Joe. Passing the buck, Joe Buck. Passing the buck with Joe Buck. We don't give a buck because we're passing the buck with Joe Buck. All right, ladies and Well, that was my nickname back in high school. Hot Mike? Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's weird because you're neither hot nor named Mike. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, I was like, you know, I thought Sloppy Joe would be the. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The normal. I, I was thinking Tepid Joe. Yeah. No, nope. it, it was actually Columbine. Yeah, we've well, that's told us before, and that's weird. Odd. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is that yeah. actually true, Joe? Yes. Yeah. And did yep. you ever go to any authority figures and say, hey, kids are uh, saying I'm basically a psychotic killer? No, 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 because then they would be on to me. <sighs> the kids or the... The authorities. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you haven't already can tell from the theme song, this is uh, Pass the Buck with Joe Buck, the segment of the show where we literally hand the show over to the real Joe Buckley and let him uh, do his thing for lack of a better word how you doing joe i'm doing pretty good yeah joe what is your thing uh you know how would you how would you put it into words yeah how would you describe pass the buck if someone said hey what's the pass the buck segment like how would you do you know like how you go to the zoo and you see like the monkeys like throwing their shit on each other Mm. imagine that happening but you get to be inside the cage while that happens (laughs) am i the shit or am i the monkey no you get to sit in the cage and the monkeys interact with you, and maybe you'll get some poo on you, but you can never tell. Who's the monkey in this situation? Joe. Joe? Well, I'm all four of them. So, j- so I'm basically that's... a barrel of monkeys. Uh, oh, okay. And I'm more fun than one. Are you peeking? Uh, yeah. Well, he peeked at, like, 
Yeah, episode he picked, two. He picked long ago. Yeah. <laughs> in life. Like, get down on it. Oh, that mic, brother. Hmm. You are. I'm loud. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Joe, I have a question. Okay. Uh, before, you, before you begin to interview Alex. Um, your experience on Butcher the Bakers, which, when you look back on it, and you think back on it, do you think about the experience itself making the movie or the, all the fat packs, the magic cards you bought? Because that seemed to be a huge... Well, if, if, if the making of Butcher the Bakers had a subplot, that subplot was Joe spending lots of money on magic cards yeah, throughout who, the production. What, was that, what is that game? What's it called? Oh, it's, it's called Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Okay, well, what's it about? How does one gather magically? Well, here we go. See, basically, you buy all these cards, right? Right. And there's like a whole storyline. There's like elves, there's uh, goblins, there's Eldrazi's. How how do you figure out what you are in this game? You can be whatever you want that you have cards for. So you have to buy a card that tells you who you are? You, basically, you can't your identity or? well, basically, you theme your deck around certain things. Like if um, yeah, it's a card game, basically. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, like crazy eights. No. It's like it's like Go asshole. Fish. That game asshole. You ever played that? I played with my asshole. Yeah. Okay. Does that count? <laughs> I had mine today, Joe. I had a <laughs> oh, colonoscopy okay. today. Oh no, 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 no! I just shove a couple fingers up there. <laughs> well, I was out, so who knows? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine waking up from your colonoscopy and <laughs> just seeing Joe in there with the little hairnet thing on and the mask? And, hey. And giggling in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Smelling yeah, his yeah. fingers. Half a glove. <laughs> that thing. He's biting his fingernails uh, for some reason. Uh, yeah, well, you got to clean them. Well, smells like Alex. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, find any Pokemon in there. Ah, <laughs> damn. Where are the cards? <laughs> yeah, so uh, basically you, like, theme your deck around certain things that you want. So, like, if uh, you've got, like, a bunch of elves, you stick a bunch more elves in there, and you've got, like, an elf deck. Or, like, if you want, like, and goblins. What's the most powerful? Um, there's a deck called a goblin deck, and what you do is you get this guy named Cranko, and he, for every single goblin you have every single turn, you double the number of goblins. So by, like, turn, like, eight or so, you could have a thousand goblins. Wow. Yeah, that's probably the most so powerful So why, why don't you choose that deck right off the bat? Um, it's, it's not legal anymore in Standard, because Standard is every two years, it's two years worth of cards, and then they rotate out. Oh, yes, Alex. There is, like, an entire sanctioning governing board, apparently. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's, there are, there's there eight different, cops. like, ways to play it, yeah. There are magic cops. There are. Are there, really? Yes. This uh, is, like, a whole world. So, uh, basically, like, Kyle cannot host magic events on Friday, because Friday Night Magic is an official event hosted by Wizards. So, if he hosted it on Friday nights, he would be in trouble with Wizards of the Coast, and he would get a sternly worded letter telling him not to do that again. Mm. Or he cannot sell magic products at his Holy store. Holy cow. Yeah, it's, it's a... That's kind of like extortion. Yeah. The well, magic extortion gathering. Well, you know. And Joe spent probably, what, $300 during no, the No, 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 not that much. Well. I'll say the number. I spent about 160 oh, Okay. On cards. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? Oh, yeah. I really like it. That's 160 well spent. Yeah. 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 And actually, I pulled like probably like four cards that like made up that 160 right there. I pulled oh, a $70 special them. land. I pulled a thirty dollar like vampire guy, and I pulled two Chandras, which are twenty bucks a piece. Oh, and that's nice. Yeah. yeah. So that so basically you made your money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I got like a thousand extra cards from it. Right. Yeah. So you're doing well. Yeah. So in the in between the magic stuff, he also uh, yeah, got, he made a, he, like, he make a movie. He did. He worked on the movie a little bit too. Yeah. yeah. He did. Yeah. But I think it was, it was mostly the week, yeah. I think most of his efforts that week were getting magic cards and well, you got to make sure you Mount, get... Mountain Dew Black Label. So mm-hmm. is that a good? What flavor is that? 
It's like a new flavored. Yeah, mean, it's, what's, it's not what's, very carbonated. It's kind of like a black cherry type thing, maybe. Okay. Yeah. It's good. Hmm. Yeah, good. Joe, Joe had like a whole 12 pack in his in his little room there at the shelter all to himself. Yeah. yeah. I did share that with people if oh, I wanted it. Yeah. Oh, well, that was good. That yeah. was did you want to? You said if you wanted to. So, how many did you share? I probably gave people like three or so. Oh, okay. If they'd asked me for one, I'd well, give it to you them. You've got yeah. a good heart, Joe. You're from Grand Ridge. It's yeah. part of part and Oh, yeah, the small town thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, so go yeah. ahead, Joe. Oh, on like the last couple of days, there was like a sale on Rockstars, so I got like 12 of them. Nice. Yeah. I like I, all the crew. I heard from a little birdie, Tyler, that uh, the other night you had like seven or eight uh, energy drinks, and they had to cut you off. Like, well, a, like a drunk at the bar, they had to cut uh, you off, or you were not going to get a ride home. I, I wouldn't say that. I honestly that. thought you were going to die, Joe. Oh, I That's wouldn't say that. That's irresponsible of you, Joe. You have to take better care of yourself. So basically, I drank this thing. It's like concentrated monster. I had a bottle of that. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. What was it called? Uh, um, monster M3. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's like the syrup. It's a little like, bottle. But then yeah. you had you already had a bunch of sodas that day. Well, and then and then you had like I think you had drank two more energy drinks. No, only one that. more. It's either way. It was too much. And especially for all the, and you drink those daily, not daily. daily. Your not, your liver and your kidneys are gonna hate you in yeah. about five ten years. I think they already do. Yeah. You got to potty a lot. They're just sliding well, right out already. Basically, Joe's entrails don't even like him. Right. <laughs> basically, like I drank like half a gallon of milk today, and they all came out of my ass in like an hour. Wow, chocolate milk, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. basically. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think you need to go see somebody, Joe. Have, what was the last time you went to the doctor for anything? I, I can recommend a doctor. <laughs> oh, okay. Dr. Doda, she was good. Oh. She has a gentle touch. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> you walk in five pounds lighter, uh, walk out five pounds lighter. Right. Oh, yeah. And engaged, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did they leave a ring up there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, damn, this one's plastic and it's got a spider on it. <laughs> but it's the commitment that counts. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. So... Maybe you know this, Joe, but you and Alex are both from the same stomping grounds. Yeah, yeah. We did yeah. Great, yeah, same grade school that. together. Yeah, so there's a kinship there, I believe. Yeah. Well, basically, like, there really is a kinship because whenever you graduate from Grand Ridge uh, uh, grade school, like, they have, like, a ceremony where they, like, bring a pig out on stage and you get to throw mud at him. And it's, like, kind of like the town mascot now. <laughs> They still do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Was there, it is. Did they put a wig on this animal? Or? Oh, yeah, definitely. The the person to catch it gets to marry the pig. <laughs> well, and they, they go through off. a long engagement, and they try to filter out whether or not they want to be married. They, yeah. But it's a commitment ceremony of sorts. Yeah. Man, I've, I've missed out. I wish I would have oh, went to Grand Ridge. Ridge, man. Yeah. yeah it, now I know why they call it Grand. Right. Oh, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. It's great. Like, it's basically, picture the slipperiest pig you've ever seen. <laughs> With, like, lipstick Because I've seen many slippery pigs. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. I've got a long history of seeing I really slippery li- pigs. I really like going on the internet and, like, Google searching slippery pig I image bet. search. And then I go in the incognito so I can just gotta get some br- private browsing. Can you go out of cognito or not? Uh, yeah, you can go back into normal searching after you do that. Yeah, when we were at the shelter, Joe was looking up something he probably shouldn't have on his laptop. And he's like, I didn't know about this. Maybe this concept of going incognito into your browser. I don't understand i guess what it means is that if somebody is looking it's, at your it's no longer not... in your history or cookies basically okay and so he he was like i'm going and he he acted like he was it was the cold war yeah like i'm a spy and, he was, and he's like he looked at me with his beady evil face and he's like i'm going incognito and he clicked don't a few get things. that a microfilm exactly right, and right. then he was looking up just disgusting things <laughs> well you know whatever 
It was it was a nice video. Yeah, I think I've mentioned it before here on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, you've okay. mentioned more things on this podcast than ever needed to be mentioned. Yeah, kids, if you're looking for something no. fun to do this weekend, just look up one man, one mouse trap. No, to do it. Do not, for the sake of your sanity, for the sake of your corneas, for the sake of your soul, do not look up anything that Joe Buckley recommends, unless you know it's a movie that previously exists, like if you said Apocalypse Now or something. But have you seen Apocalypse Now, Joe? Uh, I have not. Oh, God. What are good. some of your favorite movies, Joe Buck? I really love Magnolia, uh, The Thing. Um, probably, well, Pulp Fiction, like pretty much all Tarantino stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like, I'm just trying to think of my favorite What's your ones. favorite Tarantinos? Uh, Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction, and Glorious are probably oh, okay. my top three. Hmm. Kill Bill 1 and 2, and then... Uh... Than Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, my license plate used to be Res Dog One. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, for Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. Pulp Fiction is my favorite. I think Pulp Fiction was the best movie of the nineties. Mm. I think that Yeah, I go back overall. and forth between Pulp and Jackie Brown. Yeah. But so do you have any questions uh for Alex? Um, I, I could probably think up a couple. Well, okay, that's shoot, the point Joe. of the buys the book, so I hope you can. Oh, well, now you know you're putting me talking, on the spot. I've been trying to avoid this. So. <laughs> I know, and I can't let you. I Nobody know, else I has know. been allowed to avoid Damn it. Damn it. It's, it's, it's part of the, the I, at least it's, you're it's in It's part of the dance. And at least you're done after this. Right, I got to right. do this every damn week with him, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring it, Joe. Well, you know. Uh, how do you get your mustache looking so clean and nice? I brush it, Joe, and I use Vaseline to keep it shiny and fresh and soft. Oh, Okay. I was trying to grow a beard recently, and I had to shave it off because it was so itchy. I kept scratching it. He does have a little bit. Do you notice he's got a little bit of stubble there among kind of under his chin, his chin blob? Oh, that's nice. You're he going does. for the neck beard. Well, that's what was happening. It was all in the neck, none on the chin, so I oh, had to God. shave it off. Are you doing any uh, – are you involved in the reshoots in a couple of weeks? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I've got to do some stuff. Between and I'll be documenting it. Between the naked be- stuff, Joe. Oh, that's right. He does have to not – necessarily. he's not going to do the naked. He's got uh, wood scenes in his birth. But he's got to do the birth scene, which is, yeah. a, big, which is okay. a big thing. Well, between now and then, Joe, please don't shave. I want to see what happens. Yeah, I want to see like a Let's werewolf see. Joe. It, it gets so itchy. Well, it'll be only itchy for a little bit, and then you'll get used shave, to it. If you're going to shave, shave the top, man. Go go, yeah. go shaved head. Yeah. Ladies well, we tried. We were that for for a very small bit of time. We had a, a hashtag uh, go bald. Yeah, another error in that campaign. Because we wanted him to shave his head, too. That happened on one of the pockets. But that, that kind of just disappeared. Well, Tyler, like, wanted my hair kind of looking like a like a nice, clean boy, yeah. not like an Uncle Fester. Yeah, but for the next project. Or maybe we'll just write something, a sketch for Or you. go in homage to Grand Ridge. Go Mohawk. Oh. Yeah. Well, but if I wanted to do that, I might also have to kind of, like, fuck a pig on Hold film. On. Mm. My alarm went off, sorry. Ah, no, that's okay. Yeah, the Joe Filth alarm. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, this is, a, this is our alert seven, quick. Uh, we got to get the smoke bombs out. My how this has progressed. Go ahead, Joe. Come on, bring them. Um, what makes what? you? What made you notice my shiny mustache? Oh, there's a goatee. Well, it was glistening in the in like the light, like in the tungsten bulbs. It does that. Even those are fluorescents. <laughs> oh, the tongue. Yeah. That tongue's. So, uh, why don't you talk to Alex about? I mean, you d- you did your your cameo, basically in Grace's room, but in Butcher the Baker's. You're a significant character. Yeah, yeah. You do more acting in this than you've probably ever done in your whole life. Yeah, pretty much. So talk to Alex, who's a seasoned actor. Uh, do you have any any uh, questions for him? Things you want you were interested in now? So that, some advice? Yeah. Well, basically, I do this kind of character in my room. <laughs> like, 
Wait, when you say you do a character in your room, be more specific. Basically, I play Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. okay. Yeah. Killer, so, dude. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I know that my motivation is to get the drill into this guy's brain so mm-hmm. I can make him into a human sex zombie. Mm-hmm. How do I, like, physically act that out, basically, I like, tried. and emotionally? I tried to come up with a real question that could be something real. Well, well you're talking did. kind of is like the Stanislavski method. Okay. <laughs> that is to be that character in, like, De Niro in Raging Bull mm. when he gained all that weight. Um is that is that kind of what you're asking? How does one do that? Well, I've tried like different things. Like I've like pantomimed the drill, like in my hand, like going. Well, into you the can guy's get a brain. drill. No, you don't have to. You see. Oh, I'm not allowed to touch power tools. Oh, okay. Well, I my nephew may have some from when he was a youth, where you wind up and they. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Okay. But um, one of the one in my opinion as an actor, one of the faults with method is that you can't it can't you can't truly follow the method. Why? Because what if your character dies? Exactly. Oh, you yeah. can't experience that. So, um, therefore, there's, there's a, a fallacy to the method. However, uh, in drilling, you could use, like, a watermelon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a dead pig. Do you have a dead pig? I could find one. Mm. Well, then find one, and you could practice that. Okay. I wouldn't recommend it, though. I would recommend mm. a watermelon. Oh. You want to know why? Why is that? Because then you consume... What you f- exactly? Because, and, oh, and if you cut a hole, and you can take the hole that you drilled, and you put it in the microwave for a little bit, and you yeah. get it warm. Yeah, you could fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, I was gonna say you could add Everclear to it and shake it up, and then when you eat oh. your watermelon, you got a, a little oh. bit of summer bite. No, no, I was Joe, just Joe thinking like Joe you could come drink. in the hole. Like it's like it's like a nice like Filipino boy's like like his skull like fragment like hole and you could just like fuck it and come into it. Jesus, Jesus, Joe. Okay, Joe. I I I'm assuming you're not speaking from experience. Is this true? He's he just reads a lot. Well, I, I I've read a lot about Jeffrey Dahmer, and that was a thing he liked to do on a frequent basis. Mm. So oh. Joe. Joe, uh, I, I don't know where to go to. I, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, uh, we could just like have dead air for a while. No, we're not doing no. that dead air gag. Here's the thing, Joe. Here's the thing. Every show you need to do something different. Well, here's... you do. If you did the you did the dead air gag on Devin's episode because I it just went live, so that's why it's oh, familiar yeah, in my yeah. mind right now. So you don't don't do that again. Devin is such a sweetheart. Too. Yeah, yeah. You did the dead air yeah, gag. Yeah, so... I kind of I kind of messed her up. Yeah, I don't think you messed anybody up. Okay, though. that's good. No. She's a pretty strong woman. Yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah I think it probably takes oh, a little yeah. more. She than... could probably like carry like an entire camel on her back. Well, she's I, like Hercules. I think, she, I think she smokes Marlboros, but yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I actually got her some. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You're generous. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did do that. You did, At the cabin, you came back from, from the run. Uh, to get supplies, and yeah, you did. I did. You did bring back cigarettes. Yeah, you did. Very, sometimes are, there is a nice side to right. Joe. I, I agree, and it's usually the side that I see walking away. Yeah, from I'm like oh, that's yeah. nice. Oh, it was yeah, funny yeah. On, on set on the very last night at the bakery. Joe got really out of hand, and Mike Mason Beck drag had to uh, have words with him. Have some words with him. Yeah, well, you know, and I then mean... he was, and then Joe was hiding in uh, Maddie's uh, vehicle. 
Most I don't know. Life. I was like hanging out with people. You yeah. Know? Co- coincidentally, the one time in the show, the one time you get chastised, you're gonna hang. I want to hang. I want to hang. Out, man. Yeah, I want to hang out mm. for three hours in a. In a. Well, you know, a lot of people can talk, but I didn't see any action. So. <laughs> are, are you challenging him, Mike? Eh, you know, maybe. You know, I'm pretty sure we're going. I'm gonna see him again in like a month. I'm pretty sure we're gonna be able to get him on the podcast at some point. Yeah. Oh yeah. And. Wow. And uh, and he's gonna hear this. Yeah. By then, and he'll want. And some... I'm gonna remind him even if he does. And he'll want okay. retribution, Joe. Yeah. Are you are you prepared to defend yourself, or are you gonna? When uh, he comes I'll down defend here... my honor. <laughs> well, that's been lost for quite some time. Ah, <laughs> so. okay. Well, so I can bring you my have to find it first. Okay. So. I think I left it like in the closet because I think I jerked off in there last. I'm not sure. It's either in the closet or like on the wall by my bed. So I'll check there. Mm. You have a specific area that you you uh, use. Oh, yeah, just kind of, like, right by the computer. I just kind of wipe it down the wall, and then sometimes I'll, like, put, like, a piece of paper on there. Or, yeah, like, a photo. he took that from a movie. Yeah, what he's yeah. describing right now is from a movie. Happiness. Yeah. It's very good. Oh, Joe, come, come on, on. Be original. Well, oh, it's so good, though. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's, like, jerking off. He's, yeah. like, calling ladies, like, on the phone. Stephen Adley Gurgis is always directed by uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman at the oh. public theater. Oh, really? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's... A little throwback, sorry. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, that would have been something to see. Yeah. Definitely. Anyway, Joseph. Yep. What's your middle name? Robert. Joe Bob. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I used to hear it often whenever I was a child. You, you used to hear the word often when you were a child? Well, sometimes. So you... I'm confused. You heard the word often as a child or the words Joe Bob as a child or Bob as a child? Oh, well, I, I would hear my full name coming out of my mother's mouth. So Joseph Robert. Joe yeah. Bob, you bring that band <laughs> that house right now. Yeah. Oh, Joseph Robert Buckley, you get in this house on the double and put that cat down. <laughs> get out of your sister's room. Uh, Joseph Robert Buckley, put that family photo album down. Peeking. Oh. Holy cow, Joe. God. I had to take off the headphones oh, for I'm that sorry. one. Damn it, Joe. I'm a loud boy. I can't Yeah, but help you can it. step away. From, step, oh. step close and step away. Mm. <sighs> oh, you can just go, can I go like yes, this and go like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Go, uh, lean in, lean out. Yeah, you just go like kind of like, oh. Hey, what's over here? Right, right. Radio yeah. Theater of the Mind. Oh, yeah, exactly. Wow, is that a bug? <laughs> oh. Oh, I think I saw a bug. So, Joe, did you get to watch any of uh, Alex's scenes on set? Or were you off doing something else? Um, let me think. Uh, I think I was documenting the first one. Okay. But I don't... Oh, you know what? I did document a little bit of the second one. So, yeah, I think I saw some of both of them. Okay, what'd you think? Yeah, yeah, I think good, good, you know. Yeah, well, (laughs) you know. uh, uh, You know, I mean... What pointers would you give me, Joe? Yeah. I'd say you should, like, talk a lot more, like, with your mouth, like, really, really wide open. Like, have you ever seen, like, a boa constrictor? No. They can open their mouths, like, really, really wide. So I think you should just, like, have your mouth open way wider whenever you're talking. they don't talk, though. Well, in Disney films, they do. Yeah, but who watches that? Babies and man-children. Yeah, but then they get eaten by the big boa. Mm, Yeah. So why don't you ask, since you're not doing it, why don't you ask Alex some of what are some of his favorite actors, whether they are contemporary or from the past? Go ahead and ask okay. him that question. Hello, Alex. What are some of your favorite actors, whether they be contemporary or from the past? Very good question, Joe. Thank you. That's a damn good question, yeah. Joe. Uh, say, some of my favorite actors, Martin Short. I really like Martin Short. He wasn't um, very tall. Actually, he's about mid-height. Yeah, he's normal. Um, 
but I get your joke. Uh, yeah, yeah, so do I. I very just, poor, uh, yeah. very poor joke. Um, he was in. I'll tell you what. No, he wasn't in that one. Um, he, Iron Man, uh, Iron Man Two, the uh, the bad guy. I've told you. Oh, Sam. Well, Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Oh, Sam, yeah, he's Sam Rockwell. He's one of my is, favorites is too. Just a hugely underrated mm-hmm. actor who I think is brilliant. Yeah, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Because um, he's never the same character. No. Um, I like. I can't think of the guy's name. In Bruges, he was in the movie In Bruges, and he was in the remake Colin of Farrell? Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. I yeah. really like him. And um, did you see Ex Machina? Uh huh. No, I haven't yet. Getting, Honestly, on, Joe, uh, I, I really think you should see that. Yeah, you'd, I'll check it out. Lo- it's a great sci-fi film. It's a wonderful mind fuck because you don't see mm-hmm. things turning out the way they yeah. turn out. Um, but uh, Oscar Isaac, o- Oscar Isaac, yeah. brilliant. Because yeah. if you watch him in the Coen Brothers film, um, Inside uh, Lewin uh, Davis, yeah, you'll and see him in that. You're just like. That's the same guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's one of these guys that's over the last probably five years really started to show up. I first saw him in that uh, Russell Court Robin Hood movie. He was kind of the scummy villain. He wasn't okay. the main villain, but he was kind of, I don't remember what his character was. Uh, he was a king or a prince or something, but he, he was a scuzzy jerk right. character. Um, that's where I, I first saw him. And then he's in Drive. He's got a small but okay. really good part in Drive. And yeah, and then, you know, inside the Wind Davis, he's just started to pop up. And he's when I, I now saw he's that on one. the verge of right. Star Wars and stuff. He's on the and X Men. He's doing these huge movies. So he's on the verge of blowing up huge. I, I just, when I saw, I, I saw him in, in Wind Davis, and I thought, because I, 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 I never miss a Coen Brothers film. I yeah. Thought, oh, this, is, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, I saw him in Ex Machina, and I was like, "Holy crap! Yeah, this guy's an actor." Yeah. So yeah. Hmm. So anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I really love Drive, but uh, I I don't think I know him from that. He's the he's the 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 husband or boyfriend of the of the Carrie Mulligan's character. Oh, okay. And uh, okay. and he's getting beat up and after yeah. the party, etc. And he's the one who gets. Gets Ryan Gosling well, involved in, in. Don't spoil it. Well, I'm not spoiling, it, but gets okay, Ryan Gosling alert. involved in the you know conflict that ends up being the whole second half of the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you guys have you ever heard of Rosebud? It's a sled the whole time. Yeah, got you. Spoiler alert. And actually, and actually, do you know what, why Orson Welles called the sled Rosebud? Because that was also his like private name for his asshole. No. Yeah, no, it was the movie is is a thinly veiled uh, biography of William Randolph Hearst, a big uh, newspaper magnate at the, of the time, you know, very powerful man and so uh, the, the joke was that his mistress in real life, can't think of her name uh, offhand. Um but he, that was his name for her clitoris. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was Rosebud. Yeah. So when Orson Welles and and Joe Mankiewicz was writing this movie, it was just one extra yeah. So when you think about like cinema and the history of cinema and Citizen Kane and this prestigious great movie of Hollywood, et cetera, and the heart of that movie is basically a clit joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you can, I love you can it. flick yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you've read that. Yeah, Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen some videos on the internet. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very you good. Could, yeah, you could look up like machine fucking. I don't recommend looking that up at all. Oh, it's really good. Have you ever had a combine, Joe? <laughs> No, I don't think I you have. Ever had a salty fireman? Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, Cleveland oh, steamer. I, yeah. Oh, oh, that's a good Cincinnati one. Cincinnati bow tie. <laughs> Rusty trombone. Oh, that's a good one. Joe, you ever... you're into the um, 
Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing, right? And the, and the Magic Gathering. He's got those. Um, he's got. He's got. I those haven't played D and D, but yeah, uh, I like those those silly I dice. You, I could tell you something yeah. about the. Ang- I've got the twine. Joe, when you get a chance, Urban Dictionary. Angry Dragon. Ooh. Okay. Have you ever heard of uh, poop socking? <laughs> it's not what you think. Well, I'm sure. It I is don't what even, I think. I'm not thinking well, anything. I like basically, if you're playing like World of Warcraft. Uh, for like a long stretch of time, sometimes you just really have to shit, but you can't get up because you're in the middle of a dungeon. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you just take a sock like off of your floor and shit into it, and then just throw it on the ground. Nope, it's exactly what I thought. It was. Yeah, I was okay. gonna say I, I assumed exactly it, right. there's shit in a yep. sock. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't figure it was gonna be super clever. Uh, poop oh. socking. There's not much more yeah. that could be. Well, it yeah. could be like a nice sex move. No, like oh, no. oh, I really gave her the old poop sock. No, that's the that's the pink the pink sock. That's, oh yeah, that is it's. I'm not going to explain it. No, I, I don't can't even know why it. I'm talking. Mm. Google it, Joe. Yeah. Oh. Old, oh, I've got my phone. The old pink sock. Well, no, then there's going to be dead air, Joe. Uh-huh. Well, here, I'll, I'll talk about it whenever I'm looking at I'm whenever I'm no, banging it's okay. it. Don't you have more that's, questions for me, yeah, Joe? Yeah, come on, come on. Joe. Oh. Let's, let's, uh, you're wasting Alex's time. Ah, uh, okay. And he's not a man whose time should be wasted. No man's time should be wasted. No. Because it's his time. Well, sometimes, a, but a, a man could be wasted. Oh, yeah, I've had a big day, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay if you get no, wasted Joe, a little bit. I, I was at the doctor's this morning. No, yeah, yeah I, I heard. Was put under. Yeah. Okay. How'd you, yeah. how'd you hear? Through hmm? the grapevine. Oh. <laughs> like a couple of, like nasty raisins are talking to me. Joe, you can step back a little. You, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. It's the the the, the grand. Oh, uh, like this. Yeah, oh, uh, can I go like this? Yes. This does sound good. No, well, it sounds loud, but not as loud. Oh, okay. You don't have to yell. Being Thank further on, away. You're still but loud. I'm not next to the microphone no, now. Stop it. Stop it. Ah. Nope. Ah. Stop it. Ah. Ask ask Alex another question my or I'm going to I'm going to open hand ah. slap your belly. Oh. Ah. I'm not kidding. Oh, I'm over there oh I don't like gonna, my belly slapped. I'm going to have physical violence on you right on this podcast. Mm. Oh, uh, don't come any closer, Ryan. Hey, hey, you. I'm, I'm nowhere, hey, you. I'm ah. nowhere near him. Ah. He's slapping himself. Ah. Yeah. This is yeah. Actually what you'd want to do is you want to do the slap and then the sound. Yeah. Oh, no, I just hit myself. No, I know, but in order to make it sound effective. Yeah. Oh. Ah! You could go like... <laughs> no, because it usually... Do- no, never mind, Joe. Well, uh, yeah, you know. So, Joe, seriously, you have any more questions? Yeah, I don't... I think Joe's... <laughs> he usually has a... I know, usually he's a mile a minute that are just really out of... Uh, yeah. out of uh, I just woke up. No, you didn't just wake up. You've well, been I woke sitting up. there for an Joe, hour Joe, what did you have for supper tonight? Nothing. Oh. Well, he didn't get up to four. What do you do for your day? What is a Joe day? Normally, I like to wake up around probably like 2 p.m. to maybe 6 p.m. I like to wake up around then. Is there anyone at your house during the day? Sometimes there is, but normally not. So there's nobody there to like give you that Supervise. shameful look when you come rolling in at, rolling out of your room at 2.30 and they've been up all day. There's no one to give you that shame look. No, my mom used to like come home from work and like wake me up at like 5.30, but oh she stopped God. doing in that. In the evening? Yeah. And then, I assume then you stay up all night. Yeah. I mean, you don't go to bed then at like noon. No, 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 no. I'm up until like probably like 10 a.m. To, to do noon-ish. doing what? Are you cleaning? Internet stuff. I, just... I, I like the web. He spends a lot of time on the internet. Yeah. Do you Pokemon Go, Joe? Nope. Absolutely not. I'm not. No. You should. It'll get you outside. <laughs> Joe doesn't like exercise. He actually got angry at the idea of, of seeing how many push-ups he got. Yeah, gross. He, how he, many he, can he, you do, he, Joe? He's offended at the idea of doing anything physical. Yeah, absolutely not. He I'm won't. not some kind of hamster. I'm not going to run around in your wheel. <laughs> See? 
Yeah, you you more of a gopher. Yeah. Oh yeah, I really like the ground and I like golf balls. Yeah. But yeah, Joe Joe's life is very. It's interesting, but it's absolutely not interesting at the same right. time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a case study of yeah. sorts. Kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, I have a lot of psychologists. I think I don't think they. I think they got fired. Uh, yeah, they failed. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. But uh, I know your dad, so he's a good man. Oh, okay. Yeah. He Are actually you... listens to this podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Against his own better judgment. I told he, him not he, to. I told he him he cries at the end of every episode. Yeah, I told you, Dad. There's way too much cum talk on this podcast. You turn it off, you. And he he just shakes his head and says, "Where, where yeah. did I go wrong?" Yeah. Well, I I I I don't think well, I needed to what listen. Wrong with the cum. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's right. That's it's right. Full circle now, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I needed to listen to my son talk about eating semen, but I did. <laughs> Damn. I was just trying to look up a Cubs game, and then this podcast came up. Joe, are you ever going to try and run for office of anything? Because I think this podcast existence is going to destroy any chance of that. I'd really like to be like a dictator or like a god. Yeah, well, good so. luck. I mean, <laughs> I think I could do that. Of a big country, of a state, of a town. What do you? Where, well, what, what have you done to set the groundwork? Oh, oh, I have a lot of dead animals in my room, and I, I am god over all of them. <laughs> Are you going to run for mayor of Grand Ridge? Oh, maybe I could. Who is one the day. mayor of Grand Ridge? It's some like old lady. <laughs> Ask your dad someday to tell you about Mrs. Gwynn. Ah, okay. She was the horrid math teacher from Grand Ridge. Oh. Ooh, it was just vile and mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, she doesn't sound nice. No. Her nickname? Gwynny Pig. Oh, okay. Very good. I would have called her Fat Steven. No, she was thin. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. I remember her literally, literally kicking a guy in the butt because he didn't do his math problem right. That's ridiculous. Oh, I love, I Not mean, doing your math right? Yeah. On the, chalk, on the chalkboard. He was up in the chalkboard, and she's like, he got it wrong like two or three times. She kept racing. She kicked she, him. Yeah, she and was yeah. hardcore. Oh, she was tough. She, she had paddles up there. Yeah. Yeah. She really yeah. believed in education. Oh, she yeah. was tough, yeah. <laughs> well, I, if, if I was back then, I would have said, hey, old lady, I've got a problem for you. What do you get whenever you combine, like, an old, rusty, like, ape and like a bitch, you get you, bitch. How do you think that would have went over, Alex? I think she would have loved it. Yeah. Oh, okay. But she would have fallen asleep because the joke took so long to tell. Well, you know. it's you know. the Joe Buckley right. way. Right. It's all in the delivery, Joe. Yeah. Joe, oh, okay. Joe likes to reward you. His idea is like, I'm going to tell a really lame thing for a long time, but you're, if you stay around long enough, I'll reward you with the punchline. That's how Joe's... Yeah, yeah, see? Yeah, he wants to see who the true followers are. And the exactly. True I don't just hand out golden nuggets to any homeless person who walks by. You mm-hmm. got you to gotta save them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you are full of nuggets. Yeah. I have no doubt. Oh, yeah. uh, well, mostly... Yeah, I ate like probably... I ate 50 of them at once, like a couple weeks ago. Coming up, like, like McDonald's nuggets? Yeah, yeah, Burger King. Because you can get 10 He for said McDonald's, $1. and you said, yeah, yeah, Burger King. What? Well, you know. How would you say, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it would have been no, no, Burger King, Joe? Eh, I don't pay attention to the words. <laughs> in in the, a few weeks. The words. They're for imbeciles. I think, yeah. after, I think after the movies, the reshoots are done, or the additional shooting is done, and, and Joe's got nothing to do for a while. I think I am going to do the challenge, or I'm going to. See about purchasing a hundred chicken McNuggets and giving Joe thirty minutes to eat them, or we'll, we'll record it and make. If a we're video. gonna do it, you're a fan of film. Oh yeah, o- old school, hard boiled eggs. Oh yeah, cool hand loop. Yeah. I don't like eggs. Yeah, 
Can't nobody eat hard fifty hard boiled eggs. Yeah, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll reenact Kool and Loop, but instead of the hard boiled eggs, since you don't like them, it'll okay. be chicken McNuggets. Mm-hmm. I like sweet and sour sauce. That's um, my boy Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Kool and Loop, Joe? No. Oh, you, you should. Yeah, it's oh, a great okay. great movie. What we got here. It's failure to communicate. Oh, yeah. that's where that comes yeah, from? Yeah, Strother Martin. Okay. Yeah, it's got Dennis Hopper in it. That it's boy's got, got rabbit in his blood. Yeah, Paul Paul Newman, obviously, is the oh, lead. Yeah. George Kennedy won the Oscar for it, supporting actor. Yeah, go ahead. Who else is in that? Harry Dean Stanton's in that. Um, I'm sure you, there's some more character it. actors. You would but, love it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. A woman who washes a car like that's got to be named Lucille. Yeah, it's mm. about this guy. Paul Newman plays this guy. He's kind of a layabout, and he gets busted for cutting the, the tops off, off of uh, um, parking, parking meters. meters. So, you know, oh. take, the, take the chain. Yeah. Out. And he goes. But he didn't he, even take the chain out. Yeah, he's he just, just a screw up. He's the, like an alcoholic. Yeah, he yeah, just, yeah, just cuts the heads and let them fall yeah. on the streets. Well, and exactly, because I'm not going to park next to you, Mr. Hey, Bob's by Surrey. Like, you better not put your parking ticket on my car, you. Mm-hmm. See, see, we, we waited through that joke, and we were rewarded with a punchline. But that punchline was it's, not a reward at all. It was all. more yeah. like a... It was a punishment. You're right. I, yeah. I feel worse for hearing it. Yeah. Well, you, you probably know. had better... Come on, Joe. I was expecting to be barraged. I was trying to yeah, dance I, it uh, off. And, it's and like, I, part of me wants to apologize for Joe not being Joe enough, but then he's been filthy. Right. So yeah. he has been Joe. Yeah, yeah. Joe, what are what are deep questions that you have for me? Anything? Life ah. questions? I'm I'm old now, Joe. I can answer. Joe, yeah, Alex has had some life. He's lived through some shit. He's lived. He's had marriages. Mm-hmm. Or on okay. one marriage, one he's marriage. had. He's had. Uh, he lived in Paris, New York City. I've worked well, in Paris. I've worked in lived, Paris. Lived in New York City. Lived in, outside of Nashville. Uh, worked all along the East Coast. Yeah. Any questions, Joe? Anything? He's been around the block. Okay. He's had some life experience. Is there anything you would like to ask him? I think I've got something pretty good. Mm. Okay, shoot. Whenever you're fucking a chick and she wants you to pull out, should you come on her tits or her face? Jesus Christ, Joe. Are you speaking as in a baby farm animal? Because <laughs> no. I don't do that. No. <laughs> well, I mean, you, the, the chicken, like, basically they say, like, if you wait until after they lay the eggs, you you got a nice hole. Okay. Who are they? Who says that? Nobody has ever well, said that. No, it's a grand, it's a Grand Ridge motto. Like, wait until they lay the eggs, and then you've got a nice hole. That's what they chant. Like after so the then, big ball then game. you'd be able to answer which came first. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's the chicken or the, the butt. The egg, and then my cum. That's how the order goes. Okay. Yeah. Remember, remember when you were talking about. Uh, this great group of people working together and yeah. family. And, I worry so much for his psychiatry bills. We bring in Joe Buckley. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, Joe. Oh, that's, that's my theme song. Get up and do the dance. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk Joe, it. Joe, what's your dance? Is, do you do, like combine a robot with something? It's or the, not? the Science of Lambs dance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, talk, would, uh, would, yeah. would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Yeah. I'd fuck me hard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, this is the song. Yeah, it puts the lotion on the skin, or else it gets the the hose again. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 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 I wish this song wouldn't have been used already for a movie, because this could have been Joe's music, entrance music in Butcher the Baker's. I mean, his victims have heard it. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I really like to have, like, a boom box. Yeah. If if that would be your theme song, if you had a theme song, would that be yours? Mine would probably be, like, Hey there, young fella. Please get your drill out of my brain. Mm, right oh, back okay. to this again. Is that the Bee Gees? Yeah. No, it was a good, like, Paul Newman song. The Bubble okay. Guts. Yeah. What would be, be your theme song? Oh, God. 
It would probably be some sort of um, film score music. I really like um, like the Iron the first Iron Man movie. I like the score to that okay. a lot. So I like to sometimes I when the credits are rolling and I'm hearing the 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 theme music. I think that this is my autobi or uh, that was my biography. It's a biopic of my life, and that's the music that was written at the end of my life. To yeah. but I don't know if I had a theme song with lyrics. Probably, what is that, uh, Hair of the Dog? Now you're messing with a son oh, of yeah. a bitch? Maybe it would be that one. I, I picture... Now you're messing with a, a son of a bitch! See, mine is yeah. always, uh, always going to be Return of the Mac. Uh, Return, yeah, yeah. Mont- is that Return Montel Jordan? Return of the Mac. No, it's... Um, or the Montel Jordan is This How We Do It. Yeah. This is how we do it. Return of the Mac was... Because uh, that my radio days. I remember yeah, playing yeah, Return yeah. of the Mac all the time. The yeah. so I picture you have, as oh like having uh, No One Lives Forever from Texas Chainsaw 2. I'm sure I know the song if I heard it because I've watched that movie so much. But I it's uh, one whenever think... they're driving in the car. Oh, that and... yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that music. What? I hate the music uh, from Texas Chainsaw. I love the movie, but I hate all the songs in it. It's got some weird. The stuff remake in or it. the original? Uh, the original uh, Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre two from '86 with Dennis okay. Hopper. Um, yeah, I don't like the music in that. I think hmm. the music is w- it's weird, new wavy stuff, and it I don't think it fits the movie. It's well, probably my least favorite thing in that movie is the soundtrack. Joe, I know mm. your theme song. Ooh, what's that? Google Trollolo. Oh, I know that. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's you. That, yeah. yeah, that would fit Joe. He would have been that guy. I <laughs> used to be in there in that troll. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you went all over the internet <laughs> well, saying well, that doesn't surprise me. That's keyboard like, warrior that's like Joe. A poop sock. It doesn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah. Like uh, I used to have this like Twitter account where I bother people, and one of my gimmicks was I'd like I'd search up terms like horse or like uh, what is it equestrian. And then wow. I'd, I'd find some chick who really likes horses, and I'd get some nice slaughterhouse pictures, and I'd just send them to her. Joe, why, why are you this guy? Why, are you, why were you that, that piece of kind of shit? This well, is, this is why you and Maddie are no longer engaged. Yeah, yeah. I accidentally sent her a couple of photos of like a horse. Well, with, you also like, a called her little slit. lady, I think. Oh, yeah, I did. Yep. That hurt her feelings. Yeah. Have you seen that yeah. documentary, Zoo? Oh, are you familiar with what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, I like a, that one. It's a documentary about... Uh, basically uh, bestiality and it centers around this story a true story about a man who he was getting fucked by a horse on camera and then it killed him I guess they were supposed to there were people that were kind of it pierced his like colon or whatever yeah there was people that were like holding the horse back I guess that was their job is to make sure the horse didn't go full throttle and And they didn't and the horse and killed the guy and this documentary is about that guy and the world around that. It's it, it's not really a salacious sort of like exploitative documentary. It's actually a pretty interesting documentary for the subject matter. But I, I knew for certain I Joe love documentaries. Yeah. yeah. Do well, you ever see uh, King of Kong, Joe? Oh, oh Fistful of Quarters. Yeah, that's, yeah. Kyle just lent that to me. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great documentary. Yeah. I was just watching. I, yeah. um, I was just watching. Uh, um, God, the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I saw that too. Yeah, it's about how he, you know, he 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 got with Diamond Dallas Page, right. And kind of they through, both, yeah, yeah. He helped him like get fit and helped him pull him out of right. his alcoholism and get you know. And Diamond it's, Dallas it's very has got good. some people out in Lysel. Yeah, he's got a huge enterprise. Yeah. This DDP Yoga. Yeah, you know, this is as bigger, if not bigger, than any of his wrestling endeavors. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. He seems like a real cool guy. I mean, he took he takes Jake the Snake into his house, and then also he takes in um, Razor Ramon. Oh, really? He takes him because he's just as bad, just oh. alcoholic on the verge of death, very unhealthy, and then takes him into his house, and they all sort of work together to try and uh, get healthy and get back on the, in the saddle, so to speak. I mean, they can't wrestle anymore, but yeah. Did you ever see the good movie? Documentary. Uh, good do- uh, documentary. It's called, uh, I think it's called 
for for Jeremy or something. Oh, like that. dear Zachary. Dear Zachary. I don't think I'm familiar with that. Yeah, that one's a tough one. Yeah. What's it about? Uh, well, uh, it we won't about, spoil it. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. It but, is about. Let us just say it's about a custody battle gone way wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll well, look into that. Yeah, yeah. I got but it. I will tell you, it is a powerful, powerful mm-hmm. documentary. I literally had to turn it off. Oh wow! And walk away wow. before I could watch the rest. Yeah. of Yeah. Well, that's saying something. Yeah, I'll have to check it that was, out. It was. It was because th- there's moments you're just like, yeah, whoa, yeah, whoa, and it's all true, and you're just like, oh, holy shit! Wow. So it's it's. Yeah, that that was a tough one, don't you think, Joe? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm proud of Joe for just having seen yeah, that. I didn't so think much. Joe would sit down and watch a no, documentary there's, there's, about something like, like that. There is depth to this yeah. Grand Ridge man. That's what I mean. We're trying to pull it out sometimes. Sometimes I want Joe uh, to to leave the shtick, right? Leave this Joe filthy talk shit behind and just be a person. Yeah, that's yeah, the guy, that's know, the guy I'm but, most yeah. interested in. Yeah, that's what's going to impress Emily. Yeah, it's oh, going to impress okay. uh, some young lady. Yeah, nobody wants to hear the dirty stuff because that's... No, sometimes they do. Because everybody in can private. do that. Yeah. Everybody can do that. Well... Yeah. So w- when I used to do the improv, I, I used to tell the guys in the company, I was like, don't work blue. Yeah. So because the audience is going to go there already. Yeah. So if they're going there, why should they pay any money to, to see something exactly. that they already can do? You know? Yeah, so, yeah, but what if you yell out, fuck, really, really loud? Well, sometimes the thing is when you don't do blue all the time... Then when you do do something like that, you pick the right moment, and that's when you you hit them with it. Then it's going to have some some power. Yeah, because it loses it loses its shock value if that's all you do. Yeah, and it loses its humor if that's it's like telling the same joke over and over again. We know the punchline's yeah. coming. We know Joe's so. going to talk about semen. All right. We know Joe's yeah. going to talk about drinking it. Talk right. about being a serial murderer, et cetera, et cetera. But it loses its impact. You, you took a, took us on a big turn with the dear Zachary. Yeah, that's oh, the okay. Joe. That's awesome. I'm basically like a roller coaster full of butter. When was the last time you cried, Joe? Ah, well, I was looking at myself in the mirror, and I was just thinking, <laughs> "Wow, that's sad." Yeah, I believe it. No, I, I think. I what other, what other documentaries have you seen, Joe? Um, I really love this documentary called Indie Game the Movie. Oh, you told me about that one. Yeah, because it, it follows, like, these three different teams of, like, indie game makers. Uh, Edwin McMillan, Phil Fish, uh, Tommy Refinis, and Jonathan Blow. Mm. And they made, basically, like, three of the most important indie games ever made. Which is uh, Super Meat Boy, Fez, and Braid. And it just kind of, like, chronicles, like, them while they're making these games and, like, after they've made these games. And, and what kind of movies do you really dig? Um, I'll watch like just about anything. But what, like, like what you go to, like if you had a binge night of just watching movies, and somebody said, "Joe, you get to pick out the movies for the night." What movies would you be like? Ooh, we gotta watch this one. I normally really like to go with directors, so like maybe okay. David, a David Lynch marathon or oh, like really? a... which, which Lynch films? Oh, I really love uh, Lost Highway, <laughs> Eraserhead, mm-hmm. um, Mulholland Drive is really really good. Uh, Blue Velvet would oh, definitely yeah. be on Velvet. there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've got like what a is whole... the one with Nicolas Cage? That's Wild, Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. Yeah. I used to love That's that. Cr- one. That movie's crazy. You know what? I, I my one of my favorite lynches, A Straight Story. I haven't seen that one. That's, yet. I really that's the one get that it. surprised everyone because it wasn't surreal. It wasn't this. It was just a like a heart. It was rated G. Yeah, it was a, a Disney rated movie. G. Yeah, I mean, and, and did he do it for Disney? Yeah, it I was, think. Well, I think maybe Buena Vista, or one well, of Disney yeah, subsidiaries. Yeah, they own basically everything. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, Pulp Fiction is a Disney movie, yeah. technically, because okay. Miramax was owned by uh, Disney at the time. But it, it, yeah. that movie, Straight Story, when I saw it, there is only one Lynch moment. There's a car on fire and the woman's screaming. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh, fire. Okay, yeah. that's Lynch. Yeah. You know, he had to get his one m- moment in. But that's interesting. You know, see Straight Story. Okay. It, it's it's a really small out. town yeah. kind of thing. Do you know what it's about? Yeah, it's about this guy who uh, he loses his license, so he has to take this like kind of trip across like the country on like a lawnmower. Well, it's from Illinois to Wisconsin. Oh, so it's it's not that far. Okay. No, no, well, it's it far. Is on a lawnmower. riding lawnmower. Yeah. On a riding lawnmower. <laughs> right, and it's a true. It's a yeah. True it's based story. on like a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Two brothers. Richard Farnsworth plays the lead. lead yeah. He had like a thirty-year career as a stuntman before yeah. he started doing parts with Films, lines. Right. Um, and so that there did he did he get the academy for that? He no? got a nomination. A nomination. Yeah, I don't believe he won. He, that it's such a great I mean it's just a great movie cuz it caught me completely yeah. off. I'm a huge Lynch fan myself yeah. and I, I was Man, just like Yeah. Wait a second. It was this, it was a totally and, different And the thing is you you kind of want the movie to move at a Lynch pace but yeah. it doesn't. It's moves at the speed of a lawnmower tractor. Yeah. And but when you if you break down if you break down just the basic uh, plot synopsis, it feels like a David Lynch movie until you watch it. Like, oh, it's about this old man who travels from Illinois to Wisconsin uh, on his lawnmower. Right. And you yeah. think, okay, it's going to be a weird trippy right. standard David Lynch, but it's actually a very straightforward, heartfelt really. Ooh, right. Yeah, there's more to David Lynch just like Well, Joe he also Buckley. did the Elephant Man. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. That. That, that's that one good. of Brian Hartman, yeah. who, you know, of course, uh, does all the artwork. That's one of his favorite movies. He's got a uh, tattoo of it. Of the Elephant Man? Of the Elephant Man. Yeah, that's one of his favorite movies. That's I think that's film, why yeah. Lynch that's... almost directed Return of the Jedi, because Lucas really loved the Elephant Man. Yeah. Really? Are you serious? Yeah. yeah uh, like, he, he was, like, one of the directors Jedi. who Lucas yeah. wanted. Well, but it was only one talk, basically, and then Lynch said, I'm out. I can't do this. Yeah, he went into Dune. Oh, yeah. You know. That was that was the right choice for him because he almost got to make the movie he wanted. It, yeah. it was like a five hour long masterpiece. That was, that was yeah. yeah, that was an epic flop though. Yeah. Well I the studio that. took it away from him and like chopped it down to maybe oh, like okay. an hour and a half, two hours. Now and, what other directors are yours, Joe? Uh That's I really I love Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson, uh the Cohen brothers. Yeah, I mean, the Coen brothers, I never miss anything that they do. Yeah. And I, they're I mean, my, they're, I've always said it, them and John Carpenter are my number one. Yeah, I will always see a Coen brothers film, even if it sucks. Like, I, yeah, I think, yeah, because they've I done Hail so Caesar many. Hail was that... not that good. I haven't even, actually, you know, I haven't even seen Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. Yeah. Hail Caesar. It's, it's, yeah. it's okay, but it's not that great. Yeah, but, I know um, it just came on blue, so I'll yeah, check so it out. I like that. Um, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, the, the cinematography that they had, I think they still have Richard Deacon. I think he's still there cinematographer and yeah. his stuff is you know, yeah. and their script writing is brilliant oh well the funny thing if you think about the Coen brothers career I don't I think except let's see Blood Simple Raising Arizona um, and I guess technically Intolerable Cruelty and the Lady Killers although I think those are their only contemporary films every one of their other films are period pieces is yeah um, Barton Fink is the uh, no. 30s or, and or 40s right um, Hudsucker Proxy yeah. Obviously not. Um, Fargo, even though it came out in 96, it was set in the early 80s. 80s, right. Um, I love that. No movie. Country for Old Men. That's a... That was set in the early 80s. Was that set in the... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was set in the 80s. That's the, that's a great film. Um, uh, yeah, uh, True Grit, obviously, Old mm-hmm. West. Um, Inside Lewin Davis, set in the 60s. 60s. Hail Caesar, set in the 50s or 40s yeah, or whatever it was. Brother, back in the 30s, 40s. Yeah. Uh, okay, Burn After Reading. I think that was... That would have been contemporary yeah, when I forgot it came about, out, yeah. right after reading. And then A Serious Man. I th- no, no, no Serious that was Man is throwback. The, yeah, yeah, that was set in the 70s. Yeah. That was about their childhood. 
or roughly hmm. inspired by their childhood, growing up Jewish. Burn After Reading was I, I enjoyed it more than I should have. I oh, thought. I love that movie. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I actually I was impressed with the actor who I can't. I'm not a big fan of. Um, oh, what's his name? The good, the good, Brad good, Pitt. Good, Brad Pitt. I'm oh, not yeah, a big yeah. fan of Brad yeah. Pitt. Um, but I thought he was good in that because he played basically himself. Yeah, and he, he has a good sense of humor. Right, right. He can laugh about it. Because as much as everybody likes the movie Seven, I thought he was horrid in that. Well, it's actually his the, – the head in the box has actually become famous because it's acted so bad. You oh, know, yeah. at the end, was, what's yeah. in the box? Right. What's in the box? What's in the fucking box? I mean, it's – yeah, it's that's a tough moment for right. acting-wise. It's like uh, – yeah, And like Fincher it. is known for doing take after take after take after take after take. But Seven was his – First movie after Alien Three, which had been a big debacle. Right. Oh yeah, the studio t- took that away from him. So it, I don't too. know if on Seven he had that reputation yet because he mm. was still green. So I don't know if he was doing take after take, but I can't imagine he was happy with that. No, I, the Fincher uh, I know today that we know today in his methods, I can't believe he would have been like, ah, that's good enough. But, right, we'll fix it in post. Yeah, yeah. Well, like basically, like Fox made him start shooting Alien Three before he even had a finished script. Like that's how bad of a mess that movie was. Oh yeah. So who else do you like, Joe? Directors? Uh, Kubrick. Um, mm. I was actually oh, yeah. gonna mention Fitch- Fincher, but we already mentioned him. Yeah. Um, I really like. What, uh, Kubrick, what are some of your favorite Kubricks? Well, The uh, Shining. That's oh, yeah. probably one of it's my favorite a, horror yeah, movies. The Shining. Remains. He's always talking about The Shining. Yeah. That is, that, that's pretty iconic. Yeah, yeah, there's something in the blood. Yeah, yeah well, you know. Yep. Who else? Um, <laughs> let's see. I really like... Um, oh, uh, uh, Park Chan-wook. He did... He's, uh, he's the two-gun guy, right? Or not? No, no, no that that's is... That's John Woo. Yeah, Woo. that's okay. John Woo. He did The Killers and... Uh, Hard-boiled. What? Yes, that's the other famous one. Yeah. Uh, Park Chan Wook did what's known as the Vengeance trilogy, which is Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Old Boy, and Lady Vengeance. Well, I've not seen them. They're like these three amazing like Korean films about revenge, and they're just awesome. Old Boy. I mean, Spike Lee just did a remake of that. Yeah, Old Boy is considered his masterpiece. Couple, like that's probably one back. of the greatest yeah. films made this century. But, yeah, the original Old Boy is just, like devastating. It's, yeah, it's, oh, it's amazing. It's it's, it's great. What's his name? Park. Uh, Park Chan Wook. Park yeah. Chan Wook. Okay. He, I speak a little Korean. Oh, nice. Cool. He also did, like, a really good vampire movie called Thirst. Mm-hmm. And, oh, he did a really good segment in Three Extremes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, um, this is the Joe I want to know. The fun, this is, this a, is this the Joe I Because this is – because you're more than just the poop stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the Joe. We can cut out all the other shit in this segment and just have this part of Joe. Because oh, okay. this is what makes you more interesting for me. Yeah. Because you're involved in this film and you, you're involved – for more than just, you know, being the humor. Yeah. And, you know, because you have a passion for film. And if you got a passion, I want to know from yeah. where it stems and, yeah. you know, what influences you, what makes the heart tick when film comes gone. Yeah, it, it's more, it's like mostly Oreos. Yeah, you could already, I could tell while you were saying that yeah, there was, was there was a fidgeting in his hands. Right. He was getting uncomfortable because right. you're trying to get at the core of the book. He does yeah. not want you to get to the core of the book. I don't book. like you probing around in this brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's and, fine. So what? who are some of your actors then? I know you don't like, you said you're more of a, a director Yeah, I'm more guy. of a director guy. I mean, um, I really like, uh, oh, uh, uh, Jack Torrance, uh, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Oh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, 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 he's done some really good stuff. Although he's done some really bad he's stuff recently, some, yeah. too. He's yeah. done some bad stuff 
in his youth. Yeah. yeah. Monkey but, business. You I know, think is what it's as you know, you never know. Uh, you read a script, you don't know how it's going to turn right. out. So some of these when movies. Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's one of my favorite actors, yeah. got Oh, yeah, definitely. Said he would, he makes commercial movies so he can afford to make the independent films. Yeah, yeah cause because he was in, like, he's Mission got Impossible 3. Yeah, and... which well, is a he fun was, part. God, yeah, he's and, great and, in that. And, uh, was he's it? a psycho, uh, man. He's, what's yeah. The, some... yeah, I looked up his scenes on YouTube. I'm he's not going to watch Mission Impossible What's the Polly movie he was in with Ben Stiller? Oh, Along Came Polly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he does like a little was, like, couple yeah, scenes. He was doing that. his his Jack Black in that movie, I think. Yeah, yeah, but he was perfect in it. Yeah, I he, mean, was he was fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he's he was he his death was a huge loss. Yeah, to, yeah, to, definitely. To, uh, anyone who watches movies because he, he was so, he was something to watch. I mean, I watch movies I didn't even wasn't that excited about. There's a movie that um, where it's about symphony players. Mm-hmm. I can't think think of the title of it. It's an ensemble movie, but he's one of the main characters. I watched it, even though I had no desire to to for that story, just for you know him, for right. him. And there's there's quite a few actors I'll do that. that for. And that's how I felt watching him. You know. it was, to me, from an actor's point of view, I'd always, I'd always try to f- see what he was doing and how he did it mm-hmm. because oh, it's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah he, so why what about the directors do you love, Joe? What, when you tell me these directors, what makes them um, somebody you want to see? Like for me, I love um, the Coen brothers because like of the... stories. For like each individual, when you mean, or just kind of like in a general. Well, let's sense. just let's just say let's start off with um, David Lynch. What is it about Lynch's films that you love? Um, because he's able to boil down like the essence of like dreams into a film, like a nightmare or just this uh, kind of like surreal like imagery and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's very big. Yeah, in it's imagery. like Fulci. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I. No. Yeah. That is what Fulci was known for. He was able his movies don't make sense, they're just living nightmares. But that's also kind of because no one could speak like a, like one language on set and he had no money and he was he didn't care about plot. Who are you talking about? Fulci. Well, I don't know about that. Well, he wasn't concerned with the plot. He just wanted to do his scenes. But no, he does have a story in his films. He's that's why his films are called are considered nightmares. That's why you don't watch the Beyond. They're image basis. Yeah, you don't watch basis. House by the Cemetery because you want an intricate plot. You watch it because that is a nightmare on happening on screen. It, you're, it, it throws you off, and yeah, you know, yeah. His movies are more about the atmosphere and the experience than the story. Yeah, you know, you don't watch the Beyond necessarily for a story. You watch it because it's just. You watch it to experience it. Yeah, I just heard myself laugh in the background, so Tyler must be playing one of the old podcasts. Oh, maybe. That's weird to hear myself. I don't like my laugh. Well, you got you just got to go like, <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm going to start doing. That makes on. it so much better. Yeah. So who else did you say you like? You like the Coens, and why do you like the Coens? Uh, because the Coen brothers are able to do, like, so many different genres of films. Like, you never know what they're going to do next. Like, they've done, like dramas like comedies like musical type stuff mm-hmm. they've done just a whole bunch of different movies and they do them pretty often too i mean they've probably directed 25 30 movies in their whole career yeah, yeah they don't maybe repeat, not that many, not that many they don't but... repeat themselves no that's what i like they no. don't they don't they're not formulaic because no. i mean they could have easily like uh, after big lebowski became a big hit like they could have done big lebowski 2 and become right. like well Le- big lebowski was never a hit though no, no, it was later on. It was a huge bomb, and I saw it in a theater no, with yeah, nobody else. Was. There. But like every critic five years said, after. it was. Uh, yeah, every oh, it critic became a cult. Yeah, yeah. And it's that, it's but a, that was like colleges made yeah. that thing happen. Yeah. And they could have easily just done another movie like Big Lebowski, or just a straight Big Lebowski too, and they didn't do that. Well, no, they're, they're they have no interest in revisiting. No, yeah. You know? Did you ever watch the movie? Um, oh, what is the name of it? Inherent oh, Vice. No. Um, uh, I can't even think of it right now. Hearing this. Um, 
the title of the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, came mm-hmm. from a movie called oh, Sullivan's Travels. Yeah, it, uh, hmm. and it was also loosely based on uh, is it the, the Odyssey. The Odyssey, yeah. but the title of it came from a, a 1940s movie. Uh, Preston Sturgis is the guy's name. He was a director, mm-hmm. the first dr- writer-director in, in the industry, the first guy to ever really just write and direct his own stuff. Oh, okay. And... Um, he did. He did some pretty risque things at the time. He did oh, a, a yeah. movie called "The Miracle of Morgan Creek," where a woman goes out. You get to see an ankle. Is is pregnant <laughs> the next day, and nobody knows who the dad is. And oh. So at that time, it was really risque. But he did a movie called um, "Sullivan's Travels," and it is about this young director who's really popular for making these silly, silly movies. You know, these silly comedies. And the director says, I got to make a serious movie. I want to make a serious movie. And he says, I got the title. It's called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And I want it to feel gritty and I want it to be rough and I want it to be, you know, of the people. And they tell him, How the hell would you do this? You know, you have a college degree. You've had nothing but the lush life. So the guy says, You're right. I, I can't make a real movie if I haven't experienced it. So he gets on a train and he tries to get out of LA. And he, he keeps jumping trains. What the problem is, is he's jumping trains. They cir- always circle back to L.A. And mm-hmm. so he keeps coming back. But it's a great film. I highly recommend the director, Preston Sturgis, yeah. if you want to look at o- old comedies and old movies that are uh, that have an influence on contemporary yeah. stuff. I think, you, I think that should be your next uh, project, Joe, is starting to, to delve a little deeper into uh, you know the rich Some history of, the of cinema, yeah. other than just what... In the Kubrick and the score that I love, you know, Scorsese, I love Scorsese. But what I mean is getting under the surface level. Have you ever seen yeah. Casablanca? No, I haven't seen that oh, one. That's, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that. that's outstanding. Yeah. yeah. That's totally worth its praise. It's totally worthy of its praise. It's not overrated. I always way. say this. For every woman who watches that movie, you sh- see how a woman should be treated. For every oh. guy, you hear how every guy should be cool. If you ever wanted to be cool in your life, watch Humphrey Bogart yeah. in that movie. Yeah, but see, while the chick's watching the movie, you could kind of just like slowly like slide your you know hand what, off Joe? her leg. Uh, in that movie, you probably could because Ooh, yeah. it is so smooth and so romantic. Yeah. Okay. He yeah. talks to her. He talks to Elsa about the first time he saw her, and that was when the Germans were invading. And he says, "She says, do you remember the first time we met, or the last time we saw each other?" And he says, "Yeah, I do." He said, the "Germans wore gray." You wore blue. Mm, <laughs> and it was, it's just that. like so smooth. Yeah. yeah. It's a great movie, man. Uh, yeah, here's Cur- looking at you, babe. That's close. That's a kid. But yeah. Uh, okay. it's, Mike, it's a Michael Curtiz film. Yeah. It's C-U-R-T-I-Z. Yep. Highly recommend looking up him as a director, too. Yeah. yeah like a lot of his stuff. Yeah. Okay. He, he was the, uh, the original, one of the original directors on Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. before he was... Victor Fleming is the one who gets the credit right, for the right. movie, but Curtis was on that movie for a while, and there was another guy yeah. too. But. Well, that like production was like a nightmare, right? Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the was... Tin Man died. suit like yeah. gave like a guy like uh, yeah, that's Luke why he had, that's why he yeah, because yeah, Buddy Epson was supposed to play the tin, uh, the tin, tin man, man, yeah, but that makeup he couldn't do it, yeah. So he was they got allergic to it. Yeah, yeah. I actually met my, in my radio days. I, I got to meet uh, the coroner. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Meinhardt Robbie was his name. I think he'd recently died, but uh, yeah, I got the chance to meet him because he was in the Quad Cities coming through, and we got him on the radio show, and yeah, he wore his little outfit. He brought in, I don't think it was the identical outfit. He claims it was, but I have every reason to believe that it wasn't because well, they wouldn't have let him keep that. Right. But he had a reproduction of the little blue, because he was a kid when he made the movie. Oh, okay. And the story he told us off the air <laughs> about that set was all the little people were constantly screwing. Yeah. Hey. And he said the reason was when he's like, 
in those days when you were growing up as a little person, you didn't you didn't know a lot of other little persons. Right. And all of a sudden, here's this project yeah, where they've like got like 40 of them. Of them. Right. So everybody started fucking. So yeah. <laughs> he said it was an orgy behind the scenes of yeah, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, come on, so guys. The, let's gain a little pile. So the next time you watch Wizard of Oz and you're looking at all the corners and you're looking at all these guys and the uh, you know, lollipop kids, some, right. they yeah. were banging each other left, upside down, and all over the place. So mm, Yeah, they were. At Thanksgiving, when you're sitting with the family watching Wizard of Oz and the corner comes out, you could say, hey, you know what Ryan Ziegler said on a podcast? Yeah, those little people have their you could tell your grandma, their assholes. Yeah, you could tell your grandparents. See, there you went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Alex. I used to date a midget. Oh. A little person, yeah, but she kept put, sticking her nose up in my business. I'd pick her up and throw her. Okay. Yeah. Well, she, like I'd say like a midget is kind of like a big football. Would you say that, Joe? Would you? Would you yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. No. Oh, why is it rude and offensive to violence. little people? Well, violence yeah. begets, begets violence. Yeah. Joe. Oh yeah. Embrace As, your inner peace. Yeah. Joe, are you a Marx Brothers fan? I haven't really seen anything by them. Yeah, you need to check out some of their stuff. Yeah. Animal duck Crackers. Soup. Yeah, yeah, Animal Crackers. Duck duck soup. Soup. Not at the Opera. Yeah. 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 Those are some good ones to start off with, and if you like it, then you can get into the more their. More subversive. There's a weird movie that Groucho Marx was in called Skidoo. It's a real strange oh, movie. I, I think Otto Preminger directed it, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, it was kind of one of those lost films for a long time. Hmm. But then uh, it's, it's available now to watch. A really yeah. strange movie. Like I said, Groucho, I think Groucho Marx plays God in it. Hmm. I've only seen it once, and it's been de- like a long ass right. time ago. So skidoo. yeah, Skidoo. Yeah, well, you know, like stuff still gets lost today. It's it's not like that only happened in like the twenties and yeah. stuff. Like there's still movies that you can't find like nowadays. Well, a lot of times because the nitrate prints were just tossed. Right. The, the idea yeah, of deteriorated. Yeah, right? they just disappeared, or they end up there's in an old great, coffee can. Um, or when you're speaking of Rosebud, what's his name? Who's Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Oh yeah, yeah. His uh, greed. No, he did a movie called Chimes at Midnight. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, Takes mm. the Falstaff character from Shakespeare yep. and kind of tells his story. That will, It's still not available. I don't even know if it's still available in the States yeah. or not. And it then there's some directors that held on to their movies and never released them, like Jerry Lewis. Yeah, the the uh, day the clown cried. The day the clown. It's but it, that's finally in the Library of Congress. Well, it's a movie. Uh, if you're not familiar with the day the clown cried, it's a, it's a, a movie that Jerry Lewis wrote. Directed, starred in, and it's about a guy um, in a concentration camp during World War II, and he's a clown, and he basically, you know, tries to make kids laugh. And I guess no, only a few people have seen this movie. I mean, it's yeah. never been released. And, and he sometimes screens it at his house. So it's one of these things that when he dies, I think we'll get to see it. Yeah, but ten years it's, now. It's one of these legendarily like. Uh, Hank Azaria from The Simpsons, he saw it at a screening in the 70s, and he goes on talk shows and talks about it. And I mean, people, the idea is that Jerry Lewis uh, is like, um, he, the reason he's not put, he never put it out is because he realized it just was not good. And like, he doesn't want anyone to see it and oh, stuff. But there's, but there's, well, just nobody really knows, though. Everyone just assumes. And then, like I said, Hank Azaria, who's seen it, um, and other people, uh, uh, have said that yeah you know uh it's not good it's but it's weird and surreal and hmm. the day the clown cried the day the clown cried I well yeah i mean the film ends with like uh him leading like all, all the... the children like in the gas chambers and he's just trying to make them laugh and yes, like crying they're and like all dying in the to, gas chamber they're all being taken that's i guess how it ends they're all being taken to the gas chamber um and he's trying to make them laugh and 
keep their spirits yeah, up. Cuz he goes in voluntarily with yeah, them with to them. keep the children I happy. I guess that's how it ends. I mean, it's not it's a very it's not a comedy. Right. It's a very dour. And yeah, if you yeah, go, if you're interested Google uh this this title and oh, uh, well. there's so much there's so much out there and hmm. blurbs about it and stills I have I mean yeah. even, a, a, even like a, a minor month ago there was a bunch of news yeah. that came out. Some footage had been screened somewhere. Yeah, there's like 30 minutes of footage you can see online. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, but it's got to be released in ten years now. I think we'll. I think yeah. I think when uh, we'll, we'll get a chance to see it, and I don't. Th- and I think people will just be like, "That was a weird little curio." Right. I don't know why he held on to it. I think people will just be disappointed. But it be, yeah, that uh, happens. It's got all this, that kind of stuff. It's got this legend around it, though. That's hmm. so huge. Like, like this Nick movie Cage, that like the Nick Cage Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, and the, and plus the subject matter, and it's just right. you know, it's one of these holy grail type of things. Uh, that somebody yeah. someday the the audience will get to see this movie. Hmm. I, I really want to see this one called like it's called like uh, Paul Garcy or something like that. And basically, the backstory of it is Kim Jong Un kidnapped his favorite director and made him make a bunch of these movies for like years. Oh, really? And Paul Garcy is like a kaiju film about this like big monster that eats like all of the nation's metal, and like the citizens have to try to band together to fight against him. So it's like this giant fuck you to Kim Jong Un. Oh, okay. And it's never been like it's not found. It's not out there. Was it Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il, the second one? No, Un. Un, the new one? No, no this is like back in the 60s. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Kim Jong-il, Joe. Oh, ill, okay. Yeah. History lessons with Joe Buck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you guys know that back in the day, no one had teeth? Abraham Blinken? Did you know about Abraham Blinken? Oh, he had a big beard. All right. It I was because go, his father to told him to. I facility yeah, my so kidneys are full. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Is there anything, last things you want to say to Alex? Thank you for coming in. Oh yeah, Paying yeah, for yeah, all yeah. his hard work on set, all yeah, this. Why don't, you, why don't you thank him for being a a good boy, Bubby? Yeah. Oh, I would like to thank you for being a good boy, Bubby. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay, and uh, you've been an asset, but and but not an asshole. Okay, as long as I'm not an asshat yeah. either. Yeah. yeah. Very nice, Joe. And don't help him when he goes to the bathroom. You will. He's he can handle himself. I don't need, oh. a, I don't need an extra hand. Yes. Well, well you know, I, I, I am the documentarian, and I have a right. Camera well, this with isn't me. this isn't part of the documentary. Oh, oh, okay. So right. it's going to yeah. be like that. It okay. is. Yeah, IP okay. alone. <laughs> All right, if That's you're sure. That's my theme song. Okay. All right, thanks, Alex. Right. My yeah. pleasure. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. All right, see bye. ya. Bye.